The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The collision of common sense and comedy. This is the collision of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God he's still on Twitter. I was a little worried there. It was a little dicey. Samuel L. Jackson. Woo! Woo! I know a lot of people heading to work today going, oh my gosh, Sam, I don't know if he's going to be kicked off of Twitter, but... uh, Why would he? But he's... Why wouldn't he be? Homophobia? Oh. That'll kick you off Twitter. The Twitter cops find out you're homophobic. They hand the case over to the Twitter Twitter prosecutor, which is Mm -hmm. really just the Twitter judge. And the Twitter judge determines whether or not you're being homophobic. Okay. And the Twitter judge has ruled that Samuel L. Jackson was not being homophobic. Whew. I mean, you're all right now, right? I guess, you know. You're a little worried you're not going to be able to make it through the day without Samuel L. Jackson being on Twitter. The guy that doesn't like snakes on his plane. Last week, uh, he commented on the president's birthday. He uh, tweeted out a little comment on it. It was an image of after Dick Mints. Now, I I think that's something like when you've had dinner with Dick Cheney. Is that what that means? Sure. After Dick Mints. Is that it? I guess. Or Dick York, possibly Dick Sargent. I think that's that's what it is. You know Dick York and Dick Sargent. <laughs> no. From Bewitched, the original series. Oh, no. Sorry, buddy. They had Dick Sargent, then they had Dick York. Okay. And like literally one season and the next, they just changed Dicks. I mean, there was a new dare in the next season. Okay. And they just expected people to not know <laughs> the difference between the two Dicks. It's like uh, with Dick Sargent and Dick York. And boom, I'm just not supposed to know. Please. I, yeah. Anyway. So I don't know who it was. It was a picture of one of those dicks. And it said, after dick mints. That, you know, when you spend some time with them, you have a little mint, I guess. Anyway, the message said this. Okay. And here's where the homophobic part comes in. Must have been a party at the White House Mm -hmm. for the president's birthday. Mm -hmm. Mitch, Paul, Rudy, and others. I'm guessing he means Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, and Rudy Giuliani. Okay. Okay. So again, must have been a party at the White House. Mitch, Paul, Rudy, and others were spotted wearing knee pads <laughs> and carrying these lined up outside. Happy birthday. <laughs> and you could see how That's, some people are going to have trouble with that. Yes, I could see that. Some yes. said he was being homophobic and reported him to the Twitter police. <laughs> I don't know. Is it, is it, the Twitter detective? No, Do the they, Twitter police first. First, and then, then the they kick it, up, they kick it yeah. up the detectives, yeah. and then at the prosecutor, and mm-hmm. the whole thing. Gotcha. So uh, the good news is uh, it looks like he's going to be okay. Samuel L. Jackson posted the Twitter judge's message. He took a screen oh. grab of the message, and it said, We have investigated the reported content and could not identify any violation of the Twitter rules or applicable law. Whoa. Applicable law? Any law that would be applicable that would apply. Uh, there should be none. Well, the good news is they have determined that. 
They could not identify any violations of the Twitter rules or applicable laws. Accordingly, we have not taken any action at this time. Why would you take action? If they determined that he violated the applicable laws. Wow. Or the Twitter rules, they would take some sort of action. Now, they said we've not taken any action at this time. So that means something could come up. Maybe they're going to take action Next time. at this time. <laughs> or this time. <sighs> or this time. We don't know. Just accordingly, we have taken no action at this time. Now, real quick, that seems to me like, uh, wow, just a lot of words. Many. Like, you got somebody, I'm thinking it was probably a Twitter rookie, (laughs) a Twitter cop rookie. Okay. Somebody new to the Twitter force. First year in the force. Right. Or maybe um, somebody who was clerking for the Twitter judge. Okay. Like a a Twitter law student (laughs) who was doing some... uh, Clerking for a Twitter, you know, you go to law school, you, mm-hmm. you, clerk, you clerk for a judge. That's for part of it. Yes, it's kind of uh, like a residency or on-the-job training for future judges, <laughs> because this seems like a lot of unnecessary fancy type highbrow words, just to make it sound like it's more of an official type investigation and response. You know, what you may want to—I'm guessing the Supreme Court justices, even sometimes in some of their writings, they're just like. It's nothing here. Just shut up. That's what they really want to write. <laughs> but they can't. But they got to go pursuant to previous rulings from Supreme Courts passed in the case of Cruz versus Thompson, wherein for Alf about the date uh, 23rd November, our Lord of the year of the Lord. I mean, just they put a lot of stuff like that because when you put accordingly, <laughs> come on, man, we have not taken any action at this time. What time would you take action? Previous to this? No. 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 During this tweet? No. During the ruling of this tweet? No, they've not taken any action. So you could take ruling uh, some sort of action in the future over something that you did not identify any violation. How would you in the future identify a violation? Oh, we didn't read it carefully? There's either a violation of the Twitter rules and applicable law mm-hmm. or not. Or not. So again, this sounds like it's, you know, some Twitter law student clerking for some Twitter judge that's just trying to add a lot of blah bitty blah in there. <laughs> so the good news is they post Samuel L. Jackson posted that and he captioned it with a long trail of ha 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 laughters. And then the message, they just keep trying. <clears throat> Who's they? Guessing uh, the haters. The haters going to hate? The haters are going to hate. Now, Samuel L. Jackson is of what political persuasion? Is he a um, a staunch libertarian? Oh, no. Staunch conservative? No. Is he an anarchist? No. Or? So he's on the left. Yes. Huh. Liberal. Yeah. Yet he posted something that other liberals said, hey, Sammy, you're being a little homophobic there. Stop it. And in their world, he really is. Oh, yes. In their world, you can't even touch on this stuff. You fell there. (laughs) Can't even touch that stuff, right? Yet, he went ahead and did it. And that may be confusing. You're saying, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. Samuel L. Jackson is a progressive or liberal. And a bunch of people, even other actors, Adam Baldwin, I think he's from Firefly. Yes. That's got such a cult falling. I didn't get it. Anyway, uh, he came out... That's ironic. He did. And called it gay shaming. 
Ooh. Yeah. What if uh, Mitch, Paul, Rudy are gay? Right. So you got another liberal actor in his circle calling it gay shaming. Mm-hmm. In other words, you shouldn't be doing this. This is against our our liberal or progressive ideology. Now, that may be confusing you, right? Probably mm-hmm. that doesn't. Um, but you're missing one tenant of progressivism. What is that? Hypocrisy. <laughs> so it's okay. H. Right. You, you, you're you okay. You're good to go. Yeah. Now, you would think uh, Jack on oh. Twitter, at Jack, the guy who runs that platform. Oh, I was going to say, you're, you're that close to Samuel Jackson. You can call him Jack. No, 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 Sorry. no, no. Sorry, never mind. No, I call him Sammy. Oh. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um. Anyways, you'd think that Jack, who was gay, would mm-hmm. be like, whoa, you know, I'm a liberal Hello, Sammy. Hey, stop gay What up? This is not good. You're yeah. gay shaming. Uh, Adam's right. But he did not do that. Mm. You know, because he can overrule the Twitter judges. Yes, he can. Because he is a Twitter dictator. He really, come on, man. Come on. He really is. And like a good, true dictator, he has the Twitter judges wink, wink around him, his Politburo, so to speak, you know, <laughs> but he can overrule them. So why didn't he do that? And it comes down to that one tenet that we often miss, and that is hypocrisy. They accept it from one another. It's cool. Where you may say, hey, Sammy, that's gay shaming. That's wrong. Don't do that. But there will be no punishment. Meanwhile, if somebody not progressive or liberal on the other side were to say something not even anywhere near this troubling, but mm-hmm. it makes a point from a libertarian or conservative perspective. They likely would lost their uh, their Twitter rights. They would be in Twitter jail, you know, at least some sort of uh, Twitter probation. You know, sometimes people have gotten out of Twitter jail and go on Twitter paro- uh, parole for a while, you know, something like this. So the good news is for those of you that depend on Samuel L. Jackson's idiocy and hypocrisy on a regular basis via the Twitter, he is still up and running. So good. you feeling pretty good, good about good. that? Yes, good. yes, yes. Does that clear it all up? Of course. Now, um, little side question here. Mm-hmm. For those people like actor Adam Baldwin. Okay. Who said it was gay shaming. Was it gay shaming? Let's say the picture... You know, the little after Dick Mintz was not talking about Dick Sargent, Dick York, Dick Cheney, or somebody else named Richard. Let's assume for a moment that it was not, and it meant something else. Okay. Let's say that he was referring to some sort of homosexual act. Okay. What with the Rudy and Mitch and Paul at the White House wearing mm-hmm. knee pads. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. say that meant something homosexual. Okay. Okay. Let's say Samuel L. Jackson was saying these men were engaging in sex with the president at the White House. Okay. Is that, is that, is that gay shaming? No. Even though it may be homosexual, yeah. it may not be gay shaming. It could be prostitution shaming yes. where they're prostituting themselves. <laughs> See, it could be, hey... Uh, two members of Congress and the president's attorney all there servicing him in a homosexual manner. Maybe isn't gay shaming. Maybe mm. it was, hey, they were doing that for their political careers or for legislation, mm. in which case it could be prosecution shaming. Yes. So doesn't that make uh, actor Adam Baldwin and others a little um, homosensitive? I'm just asking, doesn't no, it? No, no, you're right. Hyper right. homosensitive. Yes. Very hyper. Maybe Samuel, like, listen, I don't care what type of sex they were having. 
They were prostituting themselves. If you throw Nancy in the mix, although she may be a man, she does look pretty masculine. Anyway, some female legislator in the mix, right? You throw them in the mix. Senator Warren. That it wouldn't necessarily be homosexual, but it would still apply, wouldn't it? Prostitution. Think about it. After Dick Mintz Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, Mitch, Paul, Rudy, uh, Warren, Elizabeth Warren, you throw somebody like that in, spotting wearing knee pads, blah, blah, blah. It would still apply, right? Yes, it does. It would still work. Mm-hmm. And it would not make it homotype sexual. They're homosensitive. <laughs> and I think this gets to the heart of the problem right here. Uh, everybody is way too upset. Yeah. Way too sensitive. Homosensitive, heterosexual sensitive, uh, conservative sensitive. Uh, even the conservatives and libertarians quite often now are way too sensitive. Now, I will give them a little bit of a pass, just a bit. Okay. In that often they point things out to show the hypocrisy. Okay, like satire kind of thing. Well, right. Well, no. Well, yeah. If it's that, if you're just pointing out the hypocrisy, whether yeah. it's via satire or something else, if you're just like, hey, you didn't care when that was happening. But if it doesn't stop right there, you're part of the problem now. Mm. You're adding to the problem. Stop being sensitive. Laugh it off. Move on. You don't like Sammy? You don't like his tweets? Because we're close anyway. You don't like it? Um, then just don't follow. Yeah. Really pretty simple. Very. Wow, I feel much better. I feel like our uh, our work here is done today. Whoa, that's it? Maybe you just wrap this thing up. I think we're, uh, we're in pretty so good no shape. So no three hours today? Well, I mean, when you... Because I, I got a lot to do today. When you bust out a monologue like no, that, this I is, think that's yeah, it. Not, that was not just a monologue. That was... It was it. I mean, done, right? You, I mean, we're good. We've done our work here today. To, yeah. Hey. I mean, anything from here is just going to be downhill. Oh, this, you should have these go shows. Just wrap it up. Yeah. Just a uh, yeah. little something to eat and call it a day. Oof, I am hungry, too. I'll, uh, well, we can get a break in. We'll just go punch out. <laughs> oh, man. Go over to the I'm time in. clock okay. and punch out. I'm out. Yeah. Here we go. You ever have to punch a clock? You ever work at a place where you punch a time clock? Which one, though? Well, any type of time clock. Yes. One's uh, where I you just stick it in one. and it goes. Yeah. The some you slide it in this way. Yeah, you do that? Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, Kirk Jones, you ever work at a place? Uh, Kirk's spinning the dials radio style for us. Uh, where you had to punch a time clock? Never. No. Not physically, no. Did you just write your hours down? I just did on the internet. On the internet? Just like oh, you filled you out log the your hours line? through like some kind of service. Oh, yeah, 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 where you yeah. fill it out. Yeah. Did you ever have to write them down? I did, yes. Okay. I wrote them down, yeah. Did you wow. fake it? The time clock. Yeah, always. See, that's the thing about the... It's always just so you write your hours and you just lie. Who's watching? I mean, if you put down like a hundred extra hours, oh, but, yeah. or you show up five minutes late. Anybody, anybody who writes it down or fills it out online, you show up at seven fifteen. Is writing seven fifteen? You gonna write seven yeah, fifteen? You're writing seven o'clock. You're if you were supposed to be there at seven, that's what everyone's doing. <laughs> the only time you write seven fifteen, if you're supposed to be here at seven thirty. Yes, right, exactly. And then it says fifteen on the other hey, side. I was right. here at fifty. I was fifteen minutes early. Yeah. Work had to be done. I worked, I worked at a place when I was growing up where if you punched in a couple minutes late, they adjusted it to the minute. Why? To like dock your pay a little bit. What? So if you showed up five minutes late, I don't want to do the math at this point, but let's say it worked out that you were making, you know, a dime a minute or a okay. dollar a minute or whatever it was. You'll take you that cut out? up those five minutes and you were. Oh, hell no. Yeah, you, uh, you lost 85 cents. Oh, I'm saying after. But here's the thing. No, if it was before or after, no, they didn't add that. What? They didn't add it because you were supposed to be there at 7. 
Oh, so no. So if you punch in at, you know, 658, they didn't go, well, you make about, uh, you know, 10 cents a minute. So there's extra yeah. 20 cents there. They didn't get that done. What? Because you're supposed to be there ready to go. Wow. A little shady, isn't it? That is very shady. Think I go back, collect that cash on them. <laughs> All right, I Mr. Thompson, you're right. They uh, they should have paid you for those uh, 42 minutes over the course of three years where you punched in a minute early. <laughs> and uh, it's determined you made four cents a minute, a grand total of interest. 39 cents. Oh, with interest. Here's your dollar seventy-five. <laughs> I get the tweets in with the hashtag what I learned today because I know a lot of people have learned things about after dick mints and gay shaming and gay sensitivity. I'm sorry, homosensitivity, all kinds of stuff. Get them in via the Twitter with the hashtag what I learned today. Real quick, got to take a moment to tell you about Minostalgia Wild Rice. All kinds of awesome things going on at Minostalgia. They have some uh, new things that they're working on right now. But of course, they've uh, just wrapped up their... Uh, introducing their beer jelly, which is so good. In fact, if you haven't tried it yet, you can still get it at blazewildrice.com. They've still got the grill and sampler packs up there right now where you can get a sample of the of uh, the wild rice, some other products they have, and the beer jellies, which are awesome. I like going to uh, some stores where they have a bunch of variety of maybe some items you've never seen before. Like I think TJ Maxx has a bunch of them. You go over to the homeware section, and they're like, "Hey, here's a little chutney from the UK or something yeah, from France." What like, about the TJ Maxx? Oh, have you seen the price on those things? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! There's like there's a thimble full of chutney from the UK or Turkey or something, and it's like seventy five dollars. <laughs> so expensive, but I could just go through and try all that stuff. Just sit there and open it all up. It's just too expensive to do so. You don't have to worry about that at Blaze Wild Rice with their sampler packs. They have a bunch of sampler packs, but their grill and sampler pack, of course, is going to play real real well right now as we head into summer months. So uh, try it today. Just go to blazewildrice.com. They got the jellies, the jams, the syrups, the pepper jams, the beer jams and jellies. They have the uh, wild rice mixes, the flour, the waffle mixes, the soups, the polenta, all of that stuff. Polenta is really good, too. Um... Because it cooks faster than the, the wild rice. Yeah. Like the wild rice I make ahead of time because it takes, you know, half hour, hour to cook if you really want a lot of water, if you really want to make it soft. But the polenta cooks faster and it works really good as a side dish. Mm-hmm. So if you're making fish or whatever, beer, burgers tonight for dinner, you make that up, throw some cheese in it, some spices, a little bit of vegetables, the cheesy polenta, because it's a little like grits, you know. Yeah. Cheesy polenta, awesome. Try it today, blazewildrice.com. Don't forget the promo code BEER10, and you're going to get 10% off that grill and sampler pack. Hold What's on, buddy. We got a new one? We got a new one. Use promo code SALAD to get a free wild rice seasoning when you order number five bags of wild rice. Promo code SALAD. Not SALAD10. No, no, no. Just SALAD. Just SALAD. Okay. Because, you know... And that gives you a free or a discount off of what? A free wild rice seasoning Ooh, when you order. I know, and free. I love that seasoning. Uh, when you order number five oh. bags of hey, wild rice. There. All right, it's all at blazewildrice.com. Promo code SALAD. Good morning, Blaze. Inappropriately appropriating cultures since 2012. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. 
35-year-old Kimberly Dunn of Lake City, Florida, shot her estranged husband in the testicles. It's a little... I'm sorry, did I trigger you there? You looked a little... You kind of winced. You looked a little upset. Did you see that even a tear came out? Was a little uh, early for you? (laughs) Yes. Why are you shooting people in the testicles? I'm sorry? Why are you shooting people in the testicles? They said the tentacles. No, the technicals. (laughs) Why? Well, she had a good reason, she says. Okay, I hope so. And if you have to resort to that. She said he tried to take the air conditioning unit from her home. Oh, hell no. Oh, she lucky. He lucky he got just a testicle shot. Wow, suddenly she's won you over. Oh, yes. You do not mess with my AC. Wow, okay. She uh, she said she was furious when her soon-to-be ex-husband, they mm-hmm. were estranged, and her uh, his brother showed up at uh, her house and tried to take the AC unit. Mm-hmm. Now, it was one of those window ones. Oh, okay. She, uh, she said, um, he said he saw that she was trying to sell it on Facebook. I'm guessing it was probably their house. <laughs> yeah. And she, he bailed. Then he saw that she was trying to sell it on Facebook. <laughs> so he and his brother went to her home to take it. And they pulled the plug out of the wall and uh, tried to remove it. She sat on it to try to stop him. <clears throat> that is so Florida. When that didn't work, <laughs> she took out a pink stun gun. Whoa. And a handgun. Oh, hell no. And she tried to zap him. Okay. Okay. And while she was trying to zap him, he boom, knocked her on the head. With what? I don't know, but she dropped both guns, so it must have been pretty hard. I know. Right? She drops both of them. So she quickly recovers. Got it. The handgun. Oh. Bang. Shoots him in the beans. There he goes. Right there. The arrest report says that his brother immediately pushed her to the ground and screamed, you shot my brother. And then choked her until she blacked out. Whoa. Wow. Do not go to the family reunion of these people because, man, they know how to have fun. He then picked up the brother who was shot in the in the testicles. Yes. Uh, the ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, picked up the gun and took it to the hospital with him. She was arrested um, last fall for aggravated battery. So she mm-hmm. has a history of some of this stuff. It's going to be ba- uh, mm-hmm. bad for her. She was arrested then after she had failed to show up in court on the... Um, aggravated battery charge mm-hmm. now faces this additional charge wow. and a contempt of court. Wow. She said mm-hmm. she only meant to scare him. You know, the, I, I just, I can't believe that you have passed this entire story without answering this most simple question that everybody wants to know. What, what do you uh, want uh, I don't know the type of gun. It was a handgun. It didn't say. Okay, didn't that's say not it. Enough. You know, the honest right now is asking, and I'm myself asking, and Kirk, was she hot? Okay, thank you. Thank you for calling me out on this. Yes. Yes, she was. <gasps> because she had no AC. She's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. See, I mean, she's, she's hot because her hair. <laughs> Her home wasn't cool because he yeah, stole the air conditioning unit. Okay. Um, was she attractive? Yes. Yeah. Well, she sat on the AC. Yeah. So. She, uh, the picture I saw was the arrest uh, picture. And that's not always the best determining. No, it uh, is not. They always look pretty rough What about there. the crazy eyes? She had a little bit of the crazy eyes. And uh, she looked like, um, this is just my speculation. 
Okay, given the history, knowing this story and the picture, I'm thinking this woman um, self-medicates. Oh. Dabbles in, um, you know, pharmaceuticals, these type of things. No, no, no. I'm thinking of self-medicating. She's just uh, sampling some things there. And there may have been some around this time, too. That's my speculation. Okay. Maybe not. I could be wrong. Okay. But based on the picture, it looked like she was... Um, if I saw a picture of her, if I see a picture of her five years from now, and she looks like 30 years older with no teeth, it will not shock me. <laughs> and remember, it is Florida. It is. All right, we'll get your tweets in with the hashtag, what I learned today. It's at Doc Thompson. Show it real. Chris Cruz, this is The Morning Blaze. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, only on the Blaze Radio Network. And now my friend Chris Cruz will offer some tweets. I will. I got Coop saying what I learned today. Florida story. It's on a Tuesday. Feels like a Friday. Yeah, Just a little tweeter there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, we, we share other stories here and there when they're that important because there's a lot of lessons there. <laughs> lots and lots of things to learn. Lori <laughs> D saying, I'll shoot off someone's balls to get my AC. Yeah, that's going to be true. You know, I was thinking the other day, do you realize how... Uh, how used to and uh, how much we take AC for granted now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was thinking, I didn't have AC growing up. Well, you didn't in uh, you no. know the plantain jungle there, Whoa. banana forest. I know yeah, you didn't. Puerto but, Rico. Yeah, we we didn't have it growing up. And then I started thinking, it was. I had had it at a couple of apartments I had lived in as an adult. Okay. But then as a young adult, I moved back home. Okay. Uh, my parents still didn't have it then. Is that pre or after fire? It was after a couple of them. Yeah, it was. It happens, you know. But uh, my folks didn't get it up until they built a house a couple of, like, uh, maybe 10 years ago. Wow. They didn't have AC. And then I was thinking, how the hell did we sleep? That is so true. I mean, I know I'm getting old. My window of comfort is like four degrees. <laughs> it's like 71 to 74. That's my degree of comfort. I can tell it's a wake up. Oh my gosh. I, there yep, it there it is. It's 75. <laughs> if it's one degree up, I wake up. So I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it was just I was younger and it was. I do remember a couple of uh, times where it was really hot in the summer where I'd go down and sleep in the basement. Oh, because it's cool down there. And yeah. The basement. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, um, I'll deal with the funky smell, funky basement, musty smell. It was still better than the the heat. So I don't even know what you end up doing. Uh, Dave saying it's always too early for ball shots. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking does saying, so today's TMB is going to be dedicated completely to male genitalia. No, not completely. It well, will so be just far. Well, it will just be well represented. So far, you got, you know, Samuel Jackson. I got that. And, and you the got other, the, the other one. In Florida. I got so it. So yeah. somehow. It's just been well represented. 
I don't want people to be, uh, you know, have a deficiency or anything. You go through your day, you're going, how come we didn't hear more stories about male genitalia or whatever? Is that some really? It, it can is, happen. Is that something that our, our audience is like? Hey. Our audience, yes. The real world, Actually, normal yeah. people, yeah. no. Audience, no, yes. jackholes, absolutely. Yes. Like, audience just didn't get enough stories about <laughs> people getting shot, in the shot and things t- like that. Maybe perhaps we regroup, though, and take this a slightly different direction. i got to tell you about Riduzone. If, uh, if you're struggling with weight loss, try Riduzone. It's pretty simple. It's new tech. It's something that has not existed up until the last year or so when Riduzone folks brought it to market. It was based on information and research done at the University of Southern California, uh, which was at UCLA. Anyways, one of the state colleges in Southern California. And they worked on this for years and they found out there's this molecule called OEA. That's the shortened version for it. It exists naturally in your body. Your body actually makes it at times. It's uh, found in foods of the Mediterranean diet. And what they found is in concentrated amounts, it makes you feel full and it, it uh, stimulates weight loss and promotes weight loss because it uh, gives you that extra energy. It's helping you burn those calories. It boosts your metabolism. So in concentrated amounts, it's going to make you feel fuller so you're not as hungry and boost your metabolism so you burn more calories. Perfect for weight loss. And it works. People around here have tried it for months and months and months, and a lot of us have been successful. So just go to RidUZone.com, R-I-D-U-Zone.com. What do you got to lose except for the weight? If you're somebody that's tried other diets over the years, Give this a shot. I mean, you've probably wasted thousands maybe of dollars on all kinds of um, products and services and plans. This one actually works. It's called RIDUZONE, R-I-D-U-Zone.com. Don't forget the promo code DOC, and you're going to get a discount, RIDUZONE.com. Tim Ortman joining us now, author of Newsreel, A View Through the Lens When. Hey, Tim, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Tim, tell me a little bit about your background, A View Through the Lens. You were a cameraman and producer? Correct. Uh, a View Through the Lens When is a memoir about my time as a young NBC staff cameraman based overseas with the Foreign Press Corps. It takes place during the 80s, which was a pretty tumultuous time oh, for yeah. international news gathering. So for me personally, it started with the war in Lebanon and concluded with the fall of communism in Eastern Europe. And throughout that whole time, you know, I de- uh, developed a real sense of camaraderie with the other men and women that uh, I worked with and felt... Uh, Incredibly proud to work for NBC in the much larger uh, broadcast news business. And when I went to write the book, I wanted to write more than memoir. And it, uh, given the climate we're in right now with all the media bashing, I, it was an opportunity for me to remind the, the reader that in a free society like ours, a, a strong, independent news media is a really important thing, a real asset to the American people. Absolutely. I mean, media is really important. I think the frustration now is the perception that there is a bias and an unstated bias in many cases. I think people are even okay with some bias as long as they know. That's an important point. When, at the time when I write about the book, there were only four networks. CNN had just kind of come on. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the anchorman, Tom Brokaw, Peter Jennings, Dan Rather were more trusted than presidents. So people just, you know, millions of loyal viewers just tuned in and got what they knew was going to be the straight scoop on what happened in the world that day. And now you've got a much more crowded landscape and a lot more different alternatives to go and get your news. And But some of it is online opinion or TV talk. And I think it's um, it's masquerading as news. And, uh, you know, it's a, a much more 
crowded place than it used to be. Yeah, I think you're right. There's the other part. So I would say, first of all, the perception or actual um, lack of transparency. Uh, And then number two, the conflating of news and fact and anchor or reporter and talk show. And I see a lot of the networks. I mean, you know, it's a 24-hour news cycle. They have people on for three, four, right. whatever, two, three hours at a, de- a time. And they're anchoring. But then they offer all, also offer political co- or, or just commentary. And those lines have gotten blurred. Yeah. And I, you know, look, I like talk shows. Uh, you know, I enjoy opinion. Every Sunday morning, I get up, and whether it's Chris Wallace or Chuck Todd or whatever, I, I enjoy listening to the Sunday talk shows, and uh, it's entertaining, it's enlightening. But sure. I know that it's it's opinion. I, you know, it's not they're not delivering me the news; they're debating the news. So um, it's fun, but I know that if I want to go and get my news, that, that that's going to come from a different source. Yeah, and I, I wish that was stated. I mean, if you look at the early uh, newspaper and journalism in America. It was very biased, but they led with that. I mean, it was even in the names of many of the newspapers, some of them that are still around today or or evolutions of them. And it would be right in the newspaper what their bias is, right in the headline. Hey, even today, I mean, if you pick up the New York Times, you go to the front page and you're going to get news of the world. If you go deeper in the paper, you know, it's opinions and editorials and it's identified as such. And TV used to do the same thing. You know, remember when the... The general manager would come on the evening newscast at the end, and it would, you know, there'd have a, a crawl at the end that it would identify, or at the lower third, and it would say this is an opinion, so or an editorial. But um, you're right; it's not now so clearly identified as uh, opinion. But uh, with all the new channels and all the new online options, and all of this change is inherently good for us as news consumers but it just means we have to work a little harder at it to determine what's news and uh, separate it out from the rest so tell me about your time traveling so you spent all the years uh traveling as a cameraman much of it overseas that's that's really difficult um on your family right you try to start a family or have a normal life that that's tricky well i was uh fortunate i you know i went overseas at 25 so um I had seen the, the the toll it had taken on some of my colleagues with kids, and uh, so I was uh, did not have a family, you know, uh, when I was overseas. So um, I was kind of uh, free to just uh, dedicate myself to the coverage of the news, and and uh, it was a wonderful time. I got to see uh, a, a, you know a lot of the world, and and I when I first went over there, I thought all these stories were you know a lot of simplistic, you know, good versus evil, but for instance, in Lebanon, you know, when I first went there, you know, I, there were I learned there were 82 different militias all fighting for you know the same turf for different uh, objectives, and uh, it wasn't uh, a simple story. It was a complex international story, and uh, through the help of a lot of my friends and colleagues, uh, I eventually grasped that. And it wasn't just in Lebanon; it was a lot of those stories were like that. Yeah, it's it's funny when I think about my career of town to town, up and down the dial, being at different radio stations and broadcast outlets, and I look back and I mean, what is it? I think I've lived in 12 states or something silly like that, and I think how frustrating it is at times to not have uh, more roots in one place where you develop more connections and community. I really lost something. However, I also gained something having gotten to see and live in a lot of different places and experience a lot of different things. Do you kind of feel that way with your travels? 
Absolutely. I mean, I benefited from uh, seeing a lot of different people, places and things. And uh, my perspective of the world was certainly shaped by those early years. And I continue to travel abroad. And uh, although the older I get, I slowed down greatly. But, uh, you know, I, I witnessed, you know, there, there's a lot of crazies out there who would do us uh, harm, us Americans. And as an American cameraman, I mean, I was shot at and shelled and beaten just because I was an American with a camera. So I know, you know, we need to protect ourselves from those types of people. But I also saw in traveling, you know, I was fortunate to cover news on five different continents. So, uh, and seeing all the people, places and things, uh, I, I realized that we as uh, humans that share the planet have a lot more in common than a lot more that separates us, a lot more similarities than differences in news and information can help uh, bring an understanding for each other and in some way kind of shrink the globe. Uh, so it's a really vital tool. So tell me about some dangerous situations. Were you ever in a dangerous situation covering something, especially overseas? Were you worried yeah, about your safety? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a daily uh, routine, but news gather, international news gathering can, can be a, a perilous occupation in um toward the end of my time overseas, you know, uh, we thought communism and the Berlin wall were, were, were in, you know, going to be around forever. And, uh, we started to see a little cracks in that communist, that iron curtain. And, uh, we, we went, um, behind the iron curtain. Uh, and, and so we saw these, um, refugees, these immigrants coming through from Eastern Europe into West Germany. And it just wasn't done. And we were perplexed on how these people could ride a train from communism into freedom. So we went uh, into Czechoslovakia to find out how this was going on. And um, there were a lot of East Germans leaving East Germany into Czechoslovakia. And they would go into the West German consulate in Prague and and claim uh, citizenship once they got on the West German ground. So it started this this trickle of um, East Germans trying to get to freedom. And... At one point, there were five trainloads full of East Germans that had made their way from through Czechoslovakia into West Germany, which was democracy. And at some point, the the, the communists in Czechoslovakia had had enough, and there were some student protesters that were protesting the oppression and the, the communist rule, and the um, the police, the, the military, paramilitary police, decided to take the protesters and the protest apart physically, very violently. And we were in the middle of it. Uh, we were we were shooting it, and uh, we were we were taken apart along as well as the protesters. Our cameras was destroyed, and, but we got the tape out, and uh, it made a huge difference. And the next day, there were half a million Czech protesters demanding the ouster of the communist regime. And within a couple of weeks, they'd called for uh, free democratic elections. Wow! It was the end of those communists. So it was. You know, we were pretty uh, uh, battered. My sound man and I, we'd, we'd uh, taken quite a, a beating. But uh, we survived, and those uh, pictures made a big difference. So, it, that, you know, the book does that. It kind of looks back and sees um, the inherent good in news coverage both then and now. It's uh, sometimes, you know, serious, obviously, with stories like that, but sometimes mm-hmm. a humorous look back. And it's it's from a cameraman's perspective. I went on to do producing but uh it's not 
an executive producer or a, a New York executive's perspective. It's a cameraman yeah. on the front lines of journalism kind of telling these stories. It's got to be gratifying and uh, pretty emotional, too, when something like that starts winding down and you start thinking, wow, that was... Uh Close one. That was a close one or close just a more, more powerful <laughs> moment? Yeah, that's... Uh, Tim, I have a yeah. question for you because sure. uh, you, I'm a millennial and I get my news mainly from social media, but you don't consider Twitter or Facebook news organization. Well, I say that because I think that Twitter... And I, I have kids who do the same thing. And uh, so... and. Again, change is good. That's you can't put the journalistic genie back in the bottle. So this is what the landscape that we have. But in looking at Twitter and Facebook, I mean, oftentimes I see them regurgitate news from other sources. They'll reprint something from the the New York Times or NBC or, or Fox or something. So they're not um, they're not taking ownership with those stories. They're they're just spreading it out and. The harm is that, you know, we found out with Cambridge Analytica that, you know, if it's the Washington Post, there's a reporter taking ownership of that story. But there's so much um, anonymous uh, spreading of news online that there's no ownership. So you don't know where it's coming from. And, and, and it's not delivered in a journalistic fashion. It's an algorithm oftentimes that's spreading this stuff out there. So that's why I caution people to, you know, there's so many millions of people that are turning to Facebook and Twitter for news, but I don't see it as a traditional, you know, I don't know how many Pulitzer prize winning journalists are on the payroll at Facebook and Twitter. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, the book is uh, Newsreel, A View Through the Lens When, and the author is Tim Ortman. Tim, what we'll do is go ahead and uh, post on social media links to it so people can check out the books, uh, the book. That would be great. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, have me on today tim good stuff thanks buddy really appreciate it uh yeah i I, um, I understand what he's saying about the traditional and i think um there is something to be said for that i love don't get me wrong citizen journalism yeah and the raw information mm-hmm. i think the biggest problem chris is we haven't we haven't figured it out yet why haven't we figured we out? haven't figured out how traditional media okay and new media, our new approaches to it, how they coexist. Okay. Just like I said, I think the two problems with fake news and uh, bias in that is, number one, that people are not transparent about it. And number two, as Tim pointed out, mm-hmm. that we don't distinguish between what is commentary and what is fact. <clears throat> and most people have not accepted that. They're just because we're so divided and addicted to outrage and all of this use whatever bit I'm going to, I'll take 45 minutes worth of solid facts and I'll take out this one little piece, ignoring all the rest just to make my point because we so want to be right. We so want to push an agenda and we so want to punish everybody else. That's pretty frustrating. That's not good. So how these things coexist in the future is going to be really important. Yeah. We, we, we were unprepared for this technology and this medium. We just weren't, and we still don't know how to handle it. Um, we're going to come to a tipping point with all of this because this ties into all the other problems we have because the reporting of this stuff. It ties into all of it. I don't know what the tipping point's going to be. There will be a realization and a, you know, as part of a climax, a realization of this, and I think then we'll all settle down into kind of an accepted world of this is how you do things used to be back in the day 
if you had a television anchor, sometimes your local TV anchor would offer an editorial. They would do that once in a while. Okay. A lot of times it would be the station general manager mm. or the operations manager or program director. So the anchor would be like, uh, and that's what's happening in the Middle East today. And now a, an editorial from our station's manager, Pete Jehenowitz or whatever. And they'd cut to his pre-taped and he'd be there on a stool, you know, with the light, one spotlight. <coughs> Very and shady. he would comment on it or whatever. <laughs> and it was biased, of course, um, and often left wing. But... At least it distinguished between the two. Occasionally, the anchorman would do it, but he would turn to a different camera and it would flash editorial at the bottom. And it was really, you know, it was really obvious with the stuff. <laughs> you may need a little bit more of that in the future. You are listening to the smooth sounds of the morning blaze with Doc Thompson. On the Blaze Radio Network! Uh, let's see here from uh, Lori D. Spoons. Do you, have, do you have her tweet? I'm going to retweet it right now. There it is. Uh, 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 what do you got? Go. Lori D. Spoons. Ishmus. Now read the whole thing. Go. Oh, journalism is dead. I want hashtag King Chris say lightning round. First round. Uh, Ishmus. Yeah, she wants she, journalism is dead. She wants a can Chris say it lightning round. First word, go. Ishmus. I S T H M U S. Ishmus. Let me give you one more. <laughs> no, you're not. Final answer. Ishmus. Okay, that's yes. That's the hill you want to die yes. on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, Nick in Detroit. I served in Germany at that time. I still remember the first time I saw a car from East Germany with its different license plate. It had uh, four or five people inside, and um, and what had to be everything they owned. <clears throat> it's mm. a really interesting time. I um I missed out. My brother, when I was in high school, I think it was a senior in high school, maybe later part of my junior year as well. He worked for a company in Ohio where we lived, and they would send him all over the world to fix these uh, computer computerized drafting machines. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and um, I mean now, um, you know, that's pretty standard stuff, but it was pretty high tech at the time. And one of the places they had regular customers uh, was Germany. I think they had uh, Opel, the car manufacturer, as one of their big clients. And they actually serviced the equipment and had to work on it so often, which that sounds kind of shady, like it didn't work real well, (laughs) that they had an apartment in Germany near the plant. So he would stay for weeks and weeks at a time. I could have gone and stayed for free. That's awesome. And I didn't do it. Why? I don't know. And I think back then, I was like, you idiot. Yes. How cool. This would have been... 1986, 1987. Oh, wow. It could have stayed. I mean, I could have stayed for as long. I would have had school to worry about, but I could have taken a couple of days off or a week here or there, yeah. maybe a holiday. It would have been literally the price of a plane ticket. That's awesome. Which I didn't have a lot of cash back then. Would I save up? But the life experience, that would have been great. And I just, I don't know. I was busy and I'm wrapped up in school. I was like, eh. <laughs> and I'm like, you idiot. You got to do that stuff when you're young. Yes, you do. You're really, otherwise, yes, you the next opportunity, if you take it, will be when you're old, old. and you can't walk. 
they do it while you're young. Because otherwise you're like, I got kids and they're in school and I got whatever. Mm-hmm. Got to gotta just do that stuff. I, when I worked in Cincinnati, there was a guy I worked with who uh, started January 1st. He, towards the end of the year, he told the company, he'd worked there for years. He's like, I'm quitting. Uh, I'm taking a year hiatus. You want me back at the end of the time? Fine, but I'm not planning on it. Whatever. I get you have to do what you have to do. And he traveled around the world with his kids. Oh, he wow. and his wife, they're two kids. They were like 10, 11, something like that. That's and they awesome. planned an entire year. They were going to go all the way around. So they headed west in January 1st. They were like in uh, Australia or something. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. Yeah. And just went all the way around. He's like, I want my kids this experience. I want to have this. They sold their house. They did the whole thing, put the rest of their belongings in storage, paid it for a wow. year, good to go. And he's like, I know I won't have this opportunity again, and if I do, my kids uh, will be grown. And even in a couple years, they won't care because they'll be teenagers. So you got to do cool. it. Just roll the dice. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network. of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Okay, these weasels. These weasels in Washington, D.C. Oh my gosh, these weasels. The Republican weasels. The, The biggest problem, folks, is not progressivism and liberalism. The biggest problem is D.C., that is, that's the biggest problem because even the people that you send there to fight against these other things that you know are awful or for the things that you know are good and they should be doing, you can't even trust them when they get there. I spoke with a buddy of mine over the weekend <clears throat> about a member of Congress who, and my buddy is a DC insider. He knows where... Some of the bodies, actually, he knows where quite a, fi- a few of the bodies are buried. And he told me, he said, Doc, there's this member of Congress, he said, that I know. He said that is the real deal. He said, this guy is legit. He is surrounded by other people. Some of the names you know that we talk about on this program, that the network has talked about, that we herald, that progress- or that uh, conservatives and libertarians are like, yes, that's the guy. He's awesome. That is not the guy that they are that are constantly selling out. And even when it comes to term limits, they're selling out. Let me give you some of the names that we know. will say, yes, we're in this for term limits. And what they'll do is they'll introduce three or four pieces of legislation that have to do with term limits. None of them will get enough votes or support to actually go through. To go somewhere. Because what happens, they only vote for one of them. Mm. So they break it up. Five bills, 
One fifth of those votes for one, another fifth votes for another one. Why? So they could say, I voted for term limits. I voted for them. Look, that it didn't get enough. I supported it. But that's the game. Because they know that they're not each piece of legislation won't get enough votes to continue the process, and it'll never happen. Because they don't actually want it. I know this is going to be shocking, and I hope in the next couple of months to be able to call out people specifically. Because I need to get my ducks in a row. I need to get the information and proof and people on record. Because unless I do, they'll just deny it. And it'll just be, oh, you're attacking me and the whole thing will go away. Specific, I mean, a half a dozen of these so-called conservative stalwarts in D.C. that are actually actively working against some of the very basic principles of what they supposedly believe in, what you sent them to D.C. for, and what they campaign on. But they get cover because they voted for this one vote. Uh, see, I didn't. You go, what about the other four? Those bills weren't right. I voted for because I wanted to go, but those ones weren't right. There's one member who, and this actually is pretty common, voted to continue the discussion, send it to a floor, send it to whatever, uh, for cloture, whatever, depending on which house, and then votes against the bill. Why? Because they can say they voted for it before they voted against it. Idiots. So when someone says, you voted against it. No, I voted for it. I wanted it. Then they added a bunch of stuff. And, you know, that just wasn't right. But you can see I voted for it. But they get to claim in the campaign ads they voted for it. This is one of the huge problems right now. This is the issue. It's not just progressivism. It's not just liberals. It is against D.C. Ted Cruz introduced uh, or has suggested yesterday afternoon an emergency proposal to address families being separated. Wait, what? Families are being separated? Down at the border. I thought we went by the numbers yesterday. Didn't we go by the numbers and and show that we're not separating families? Well... And Ted we, said all Americans are rightly horrified by the images we are seeing on the news. Children in tears pulled away from their mothers and fathers. This must stop now. We can end this crisis by passing the legislation I in, I'm introducing this week. And what it would do <clears throat> is double the number of federal immigration judges from 375 to 750 in wow. order to quickly put them through the process the of system, asylum, whatever. Man. Okay. Horrible idea? No, it's okay. But you're not addressing the biggest issue. See, we still have to prosecute the or um, uh, process those people. We still have to process them, which costs us money, which still has kids separated from parents if they continue this, just for a shorter period of time. No. Stop them before they get here. Secure the border. Take away the incentive for people to come here in the first place. Number two, secure the border. I don't care if we have agents that are standing three feet apart that line the border 24-7. Send the military. Build a wall 20 feet high. Build a moat with sharks, a a minefield, sharks with lasers, alligators with AKs. I don't care. Whatever it takes, secure the damn border and you don't have to worry about it. If it costs us 
a trillion dollars to secure the border. Do you know the amount of money we save by not having the illegals here and going through all this nonsense? Just the kids, 12,000 a day that we currently are taking care of. Minimum, hundreds of thousands of every day. That's not including the court costs and the other expenses we have and all of the free stuff they get. The schooling, the detriment it takes to society, the money that they take out of our economy and send back other places. All of these things are legitimate. That's not immigrants. Those are illegal immigrants. Stop them before they get here. Ted, fine. You're taking a step. But you know why he's really taking this step? Yes, they're horrified that they're being separated from their families. You know the real reason they're horrified? Because the midterms are coming. Both sides horrified because they can use it as a political football. The Republicans are using uh, the outrage now, just as they've used it on immigration. It's not legitimate. If, they, if, it was, if it was legitimate outrage on immigration, you know what they would have done? Passed legislation over the last two years. If Democrats were horrified by all of this, they would have passed it the first two years of Obama when they had the House and the Senate and the White House. The Republicans have had it for two years. They're horrified by all of this stuff and didn't do it. They're horrified because it's a talking point. They're not worried about the kids on either side, neither Republicans or Democrats. They're not worried about the families. They're not worried about immigrants. They're not worried about America. They're not worried about doing the right thing. They're not worried about the economy or any of this nonsense. They're worried about getting reelected. They don't want term limits because they want their cushy job. And here's a really important point. The guy in Congress that my buddy said is the real deal. He said, you know, Part of the reason they don't want these term limits isn't just the job and the whatever. He said, for many of these people in D.C., this is the best job they've ever had. Wow. I don't mean like the easiest job. No, the best job. The most money they have ever made. They make almost $200,000 a year. Wow. Now, for a lot of them, if they're businessmen, they have millions or whatever. Mm -hmm. They go, it's not a big deal. But many of them have never made six figures. <laughs> many of them only made sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. Now it's two hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, they want to keep that coming in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they're somebody. They're not some mid-level manager at corporate uh, in corporate America. They're somebody. They're the honorable, distinguished gentleman from the state of Florida. That's the reason they want it. The proof is the last two years for Republicans. And the first two years of Obama, they could have done all kinds of this stuff, and they didn't. Joining us now, um, the author of How the Liberal Mob Ruined Science, Journalism, and Hollywood. It's uh, Derek Hunter. How are you, Derek? I'm doing well, Doc. How are you? Doing fine. Outrage, Inc. How the Liberal Mob Ruined Science, Journalism, and Hollywood. I'm, uh, I'm tired of the outraged mob. Nothing gets done, Derek. No, it doesn't. And you're, you're sitting there and you're exposing it. And another one of my favorite little tactics that they like to use is you hear this every election cycle. I led the fight against this or I led the fight against that <laughs> or this. And all that is, is, yeah, I co-sponsored a bill. I didn't really do anything for it. I didn't you know, try and get it passed all that hard. But I put my name on a piece of legislation and suddenly they're throwing their shoulder out, patting themselves on the back. And they really only do it because they want the campaign ad. It's 
it's hilarious and sad simultaneously. Yeah, it's so funny, but each side knows this, but we accept it from our side. We accept the manufactured uh, uh, middle America family. Uh, Chris Cruz and his family. Chris is sitting here in a polo shirt because it's the weekend and he's sitting on the front step of his house with his uh, two kids and the dog and he's going to tell you about what real American life should be like. I mean, we accept this manufactured politician when you know it's not that way. Yes, but there's also the great one, I was the deciding vote, either in favor or against. Now, it didn't pass or it passed by 100 votes, but whoever was the one that was the 218 or 51 in the Senate, they it, it doesn't matter, of course, but they paint themselves as the hero of whatever happened to get done or whatever they managed to stop being done to us. It is. It's a it's just a nonstop group of cliches. It's kind of funny, and if it weren't so sad, it would be hilarious. But this is what we've come to as a republic, and sadly, it's it's so easy to do because we've come to be conditioned to look to government to do so much that there's so many opportunities for these boneheads to sit there and tell us how wonderful they are. And we're just waiting for the gotcha from the other side. It's frustrating for for those of us that have you know, strong feelings, and we know the right way forward. We know some of the failures where we've gotten away from our core principles that America is based on, because when we talk about them, it is positioned as, oh, you're just talking because you're on that side, because that's part of the machine. So we have two things I look at we're fighting. We're fighting the wrong ideas, people on the left, progressivism, but we're also fighting just as much and maybe more so that DC machine. Well, one of the biggest problems with Washington, D.C., the progressivism, isn't a a democratic exclusivity. It isn't the exclusive domain of the Democratic Party. It's a concept that the government and the ruling elite know better than you do how your life should be. Mm. So maybe there's a Republican way of doing something and a... Whenever there's Democrats introduce something, oh, we need to take over the health care system. Now, the conservative response should be, no, we shouldn't. The states can do what they want, but the federal government has no business in this. Ninth and Tenth Amendment Constitution, pretty easy case to make. It's pretty easy to argue for liberty. But instead, they said, no, here's our version of it. And they (laughs) immediately seed the concept, but they offer half a loaf. Now, if you're... Your choice come election day is the choice between somebody willing to give you five bucks and somebody willing to give you a buck fifty. You've already conceded the concept that the government should be giving you money. Why wouldn't you vote for the person saying they're going to give you more money? That's a, that's a re- great point. Instead of saying, no, we're not, these are the wrong ideas, just entertaining the discussion of how we should do it. You're right. They're conceding that, yeah, we need to do something. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the worst things in Washington is we have to do something. We hear that all the time on on the Second Amendment. We must do something after something horrible happens. And then you say, okay, well, what if what if we had done all of the things you're proposing? Would any of that made a difference? No, but that's not the point. Like, well, then what is the point? The point is you've had this wish list of things that you wanted in your fever dream since your teen years. And now you see an opportunity to advance it. And it is, it's nothing but a bunch of opportunism and grandstanding in Washington, D.C. And I, I say that as somebody who lives there. It's sad. 
So uh, let's talk a little bit about these manufactured personalities like Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, Bill Nye, the engineering guy who was a failed stand-up comedian who got a, a job as an, who got a job as an actor on a kids' show on a local PBS station, who suddenly now is the moral voice of climate change, <laughs> now, it, 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 or, or gender politics, whatever it is. And Neil deGrasse Tyson, look, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and Bill Nye is probably a very nice guy. I know people who've known him; they say he is a nice guy. But that doesn't make him an expert on climate change, having read a study or having read an AP article. Same goes for Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's an astrophysicist, probably much smarter than I am. But the, uh, the deep space is the exact opposite of climate. Yet he is given absolute moral authority and genius-level opinions, according to the media, on climate change. Why? Because he says the right things. He's not a climatologist, neither is Bill Nye, yet whenever there is a rainstorm or a hurricane, you can find them on the CBS morning show or whatever show you've got talking about how this is just the beginning of the death of us all. And, of course, the unquestioning bobblehead host just nod right along going, oh, my God, yes, you're so brilliant. You're absolutely right. You agree with everything I think. Therefore, you're correct. It is their media manufactured personalities. Look, you find life on another planet. You want Neil deGrasse Tyson on your show. You have a flood in your basement. You don't want Neil deGrasse Tyson on your show because he doesn't know anything about that. <laughs> no, you know who I want? I want a plumber at that point. That's who I want. Exactly. Exactly. But they are given the moral authority on. They are unquestioned. Um, Again, Bill Nye is just a, an engineer. He is a failed stand-up comedian. He's a corny kind of guy. When he was doing little science experiments like making hot air balloons on television, he was absolutely <laughs> harmless. But now he wants to command a large percentage of our economy because he has bought into climate change. And again, this is what the left does. The concept of climate change is the perfect example of the outrage manufacturing machine. It is, if you don't act now, the whole world is coming to an end. Well, that scares the hell out of people. People thinking, people afraid don't think rationally. And if you'd noticed, Doc, remember when Al Gore first was going on about this in the 90s? And the sure. We have 10 years before everything goes to hell. Well, it's been more than 10 years. We're still here. I'm in New York. I didn't take a gondola to get to my hotel. <laughs> the predictions did not happen. But what they didn't, instead of, you know, you make a, if you're in a doomsday cult and you're the leader of a doomsday cult, and you say, come Wednesday, we're all dead. Thursday morning, you're going to have some explaining to do. Yes. But when it comes to climate change, no. it did no self-reflection. They just changed. They went from 10-year predictions because 10 years comes pretty quick to 100-year predictions so that everybody alive now when the prediction is made will be dead and won't remember that it was false. And uh, they still, the solution is still the same. So when there's right now there's a, a funded study I read about in the book that come 21, year 2100, lightning strikes are going to increase dramatically or could. There's always the qualifier, could, <laughs> may, whatever. Like, okay, how do you know that? Well, the data shows. Now, theoretically, if the data is so good, they should be able, if they can make predictions 100 years in the future, they should be able to go 100 years back, since we have pretty good data from back then, and plug in that data 
and accurately show what actually happened in the ensuing 100 years. Yet every one of their computer models doesn't come close to predicting or showing what actually happened. So we're expected to believe that they're going to know what's going to happen. That's like saying I've got a machine that predicts winning lottery numbers, but the ticket won't be good for a hundred years, but pay me now. It'd be <laughs> right, insane right. to do that, but you know, you might be able to make a lot of money at it, and there's a lot of money involved in this. But it's mostly just designed to scare the hell out of people and think your grandchildren are going to die on a rotting planet unless you cede your money and your liberty to the government right now. It's it's a hell of a racket because you can't you can't prove it, but most importantly, you can't disprove it. And that's the key right there. I think you're right. I think you're spot on with the name of the book, Derek Hunter. It's Outrage Inc. Everybody is outraged now at everything, even nonsensical things. How the liberal uh, mob ruined science, journalism, and Hollywood. Again, it's titled uh, Outrage Inc. Derek Hunter. Thanks, buddy. We'll tweet out and post a link to this, okay? I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, sounds great. Outrage. That's, he's right. That's yeah. the key. Just stop. And I think I'm I'm looking for solutions on this stuff. The reason I want to have these guys on too. But I think uh, part of it is um, challenge the outrage. Why are you ticked at this? Why are you upset at this? Stop. And desensitize people to it. How do you desensitize them? You You keep talking about it and you keep doing it. Speak your mind. 888-900-3393. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. It's the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. It's simple advice on how you get elected or re-elected. Okay. You want to know how to get re-elected? Yes. I'll tell you in just a second. But first, I got some information on you and how you can make some more money, and it's via Earthwater. Earthwater is an awesome product. I have Earthwater constantly, every day, multiple times a day. It's you make your coffee pretty much what I do. I make my coffee. Got it right here. This is made with Earthwater. Uh, when I run every day, come in, I make those extra steps to come over to the Earthwater dispenser we have here. I know, because uh, we only the Morning Blaze drinks with Earthwater. Everybody else can drink the the other we we kind of keep it for ourselves we do we, we do here in the studio we got like 10 bit. gallons and there's all ours it is and it's because i want those extra minerals listen mm-hmm. it's such it's so difficult every day to try to eat right do you want to be around you want to be healthy you want to stave off any diseases whatever you know it's eating right and working out you know these are are part of are part of being healthy so as i try to work out and whatever and you're looking for those little edges the little extra thing you can do, it's easy. Why not have earth water? It's really healthy for you. It's got those 70 trace minerals in it, and I love it. It's great. The Fulham looks dark. It's black. Cubby calls it uh, dark water. <laughs> so those smile. Black water, one of the two. He's kind of back and forth on it. But um, it just tastes like water. So why not have it? It's a good product. You'll love it. Just go to earthwater.com and check it out. But now they've offered to try to grow their business. They've started this affiliate program. It's really difficult to grow businesses, really difficult to get businesses off the ground, especially a business that's selling a product like this that needs to be national. 
it's hard to make water uh, something that you order online and get shipped to you. It's heavy when you ship it out. There's shipping issues. It's uh, it's something that you hope you'll end up in every 7-Eleven, every Walmart where you grab it and go. That's where you make it. In order to get to that point, it takes years and a lot of money in marketing. I mean, a long time. Look at Netflix. Yeah. Netflix, isn't he? They're just doing digital. They don't have to worry about shipping stuff. Nope. And what have they gone? They've gone into debt billions, I think now, right? And uh, some of the other ones, Hulu and some of the other providers, because they know they're banking on the future. It's going to take a long time before they really make money. So if you're Earthwater, they're like, okay, let's start this affiliate program. It is a proven way to grow a business quickly to get it out there. Now, what you get out of it is still the great product that's Earthwater, but you get an opportunity to be an affiliate, an opportunity to share your unique ID link with others and make money. By becoming an affiliate, you get to reserve your position in the network marketing tree with the direct market model when they launch it fully later this year. So you'll be the Earthwater brand ambassador, let's say, and you get paid or will get paid a 40% weekly commission on all orders placed by your customers. That's right. 40%. That is huge. 40%. You don't have to handle any of the shipping, anything like that, because it's all taken care of via Amazon. Free shipping, free handling. You don't have a monthly minimum. So you could make just a couple of extra dollars on the side for doing virtually nothing, or you can work it a little bit more. You may have a full-time job out of this working from home, just sharing it on Facebook and everything else. And you've probably seen models like this with other products that work, people making great money. In order to get to that level, You've got to be really active, and it helps if you get in on the ground floor. A lot of those people started when the company was much smaller. Later on, it's difficult to make that kind of money. Try today. Sign up and become an Earthwater brand ambassador. Go to theblaze.teamearthwater.com. Theblaze.teamearthwater.com. I'll tweet out a link to it, too. Theblaze.teamearthwater.com. Sign up today. Get in on the ground floor. And take advantage of this 40% commission. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. I think I've shared this story before, but I'll, I'll give you the, the short version again. If you want to get reelected, it comes down to one thing. This advice was given to a friend of mine by the name of Tim Hagen, who ended up being a a uh, county commissioner for Cuyahoga County. He is a liberal, a Democrat. And when he was a young adult, I believe just out of college, he worked for a Republican governor, Jim Rhodes. And this governor gave him this advice on how to get reelected. Jim Rhodes, this story told to me by Tim Hagen. Tim said that former Governor Rhodes, Governor Rhodes at the time, said, Tim, 
you want to get reelected, you got to do one thing. While in office, you've got to build things above ground. Build things above ground. Interesting mm. phrase, right? Yeah. You got to build things. Let's take the first part. In other words, you got to show. You've got to prove what you've done, right? And building things shows that. Yes, it does. Things that are complicated and big and the bigger and even Obamacare ask, the more complicated, the better. If I just say, hey, we got a flat tax. We got it done or something. We simplified. That's a good thing, right? That one you want to get reelected. That one is pretty powerful, so maybe people would like it. But it's almost too simple. The more we litigate things in the media, the more we talk about these pieces of legislation as they come down and discuss them. And the more complicated, the more it disrupts our life, people could say, yes, that was done by this person or this group of people. Obamacare. It's, it's publicity. No publicity is bad publicity, right? Yeah. So you're building things. And if it's even better, if you're local or a governor, eh, federal government to a lesser degree, if you build that building, ta-da, look at that. Look at this thing I built. Huge. Everybody goes by it. They see it. That got done. It's progress, I tell you. Remember stimulus and son of stimulus and TARP when we saw all those billboards this construction project funded by the stimulus plan. Remember that Obama seal? Oh, yeah. The stimulus plan? Mm-hmm. So you see it. You're building things above ground. Significance of that is um, what would you build below ground? Sewers, phone lines, utilities, whatever, right? Water mains. These are things that we, the people, expect in our life we expect every day when we get up that the water will be on when we turn on the faucet we completely take it for granted it's not even a question you turn on the faucet the water comes out it is not on our radar screen if you said give me a thousand things to be concerned about today go turning on the water is not even gonna it just happens by the way there are parts of the world where it doesn't happen half the world they have no water every day water is their chief concern i gotta go get it we expect every day when we turn on the light switch for the power to be on not even a question We expect when we drive to work, our car is going to start. The road will be relatively clear, barring any traffic accident. The traffic lights will work. The 7-Eleven will be open and I can stop in and get my donut. All of these things are our standard protocol. Not even a concern. So if a politician says, hey, we repaired those sewer lines. Hooray. What are you talking about? Of course you did. That's what you do your job thank you even if there was no funding for it even if there was a dispute a labor dispute and there's no funding and the bank is we had no money to do it i figured out a way to do this without raising your taxes and we did what 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 that's what you're you're supposed to do that's your job now that's an important part of the job and at times they have to do that otherwise they're gonna need to raise your taxes hell no but we take all that for granted so in D.C., they've learned this lesson. <clears throat> also in your local uh, elections, your county, your city, your state, 
They've learned this election, or good politicians, and by that I mean dirtbag politicians have learned this. Build things above ground. Build complicated systems, structures, plans, buildings, whatever. Things that people can see that are not taken for granted. Things that we don't expect to have happen. That's the reason they used to love the word progress, I tell you, progress. This is who they are. This is what they do. Real things that would make our lives better, that are true concerns of ours, they have not changed. They have not gotten done. Four years over the last 10, two opportunities broken into two for both political parties, each of the main political parties, to do all of these amazing things because they had almost complete control. And they did not do them. What did Obama do? He went for the big ticket Obamacare uh, uh, plan. Spending all political capital from being the first uh, black president riding this new blue wave in the outrage against the right. And he spent it all on Obamacare. Why? He built something big and complicated and difficult above ground that people could see that touched their lives. They did not take for granted that was new. So he and the Democrats will get reelected was their plan. And it was agenda touching a huge portion of our lives that would help them entrench themselves for future generations. Did they solve the problem? No. Did they bring down the cost of health care? No. Did they slow the cost of health care? No. Did they see more people getting health care? No. Did it save us money as a people? No. If it did any of those good things for some people, it was mitigated by it screwed a bunch of other people up. With some states having no options for health care plans, some states having one option. It took all of that off the table. That's the truth. Now, the Republicans offered a light plan of that eventually, little bits and pieces, but they never really pushed the real thing they talked about during the whole Obamacare debate of free markets and all of the things attached to it. When they had the opportunity, they didn't do it. Why? This stuff benefits them. They're not truly interested in doing these obvious things because it does not benefit them in their future elections. And that's the sad part. This is the common ground I keep talking about. We know we can do some of these things. There was, you want to know the biggest and most obvious common ground over the last whatever years? It's not even balanced budgets in that. Gay marriage. That's, That's an odd one, right? Yeah. Gay marriage? Say, really? Gay yeah. marriage. You educate your sister, your sis, yeah, you educate yourself on the history of marriage in America, marriage around the world, and it should be pretty obvious. 100 years ago, 200 years ago, whatever it was, probably further back, 200 years ago, people didn't get a marriage license. Their church married them. Yeah. They had a certificate that maybe that they were married in the church or maybe there was nothing written at all. Did George Washington have the state tell him he could get married? Thomas Jefferson, did the uh, Commonwealth of Virginia say, yes, we recognize you? The state didn't. The only way they did is if it was through a church. The church said, your marriage, fine, that's good enough for us. 
at some point we got marriage licenses because people wanted the states to control whether or not the darkies could marry the crackers. Yep. That's all it was. They wanted to stop it. It was racism. They didn't want the races mixing. That was the history of it. So when the idea of gay marriage came up, the conservative argued, it's against my religion. No to gay marriage. The conservatives that supposedly believe in less government didn't realize the greater or more obvious solution that would support their Christian values even more. The state shouldn't be telling people who can get married. It should be my church. If you believe it's a church thing, if it's a uh, sacrament, if it is a covenant between God and man, a man, a woman, shouldn't you say, uh, back off state, back off government, none of your say? No. They were happy then to have big government. Now, on the other side, you got people saying, stay out of my life. Government shouldn't be telling me who I can sleep with, what I could put in my body, what I can shove where. But I want them telling me I can legally get married to another person of the same gender. Both of them, both sides failing at a core value. Because why? Because of government. Because they wanted legitimacy. They ran to government to give them legitimacy to their arguments. The people on the right saying, ha, government said, you homotype sexuals can't get married because it's wrong. They wanted to legitimize it. And so did the other size. If we're fabulous and the government said we're fabulous, then we can have fabulous weddings. Giving it legitimacy. Instead of Bolt saying, hey, um, I believe it's between covenant between God, man, and a woman, and you don't. So how about I just go to a church that says that? And listen, if you can find a fabulous church that says you can marry a doorknob, a squirrel, and 13 dudes, good for you. Good for you, buddy. Yeah. Oh, but what about the legal issues when it comes to whether or not health care and uh, rights when it comes to spouses and whatever? Pretty simple. It's called a contract. We use them all the time for things. I can give Chris a power of attorney over everything in my life. Yep. I wouldn't because I have half a brain, but (laughs) I could do that. Yes, you can. You don't need a It's called a contract. That is one of the most obvious examples of what should have been an easy common ground fix. Interesting. They both wanted legitimacy and they both want power being divisive. That's the truth. That's where we're at. I'm going to get a break in. We're going to come back and tell you one of the most recent political failures. Oh, you're going to love this one. This is such a gem. (laughs) iTarget Pro is a system that helps you practice your target shooting anywhere you want. You don't have to go to the range or a place that uh, would be able to stop a bullet because that doesn't actually fire a bullet. But it's not as uh, simple as saying you could just dry fire because the dry firing, you don't know where you would have hit. It works with a laser round, a little round you put in your gun. doesn't actually fire the 
the round out. It just fires a little laser pulse, and it works there with the proprietary app they've developed on your phone. You download it on your phone as part of the system, and you could shoot and shoot and shoot, and you see whether or not you're hitting the target. And I told you recently, I was at a range where they had one of these fancy ones, mm-hmm. and it was nice, and it's great. And the whole time, I'm like, for $89 with 10% off if you use the promo code DOC, I can have this right now. So I can cool. do it anywhere. I can practice in my car, at home, my uh, my bedroom, my kid's room, if I think that's the place I would most likely need to protect my family. Maximizing your tactical advantage. You could do all kinds of crazy stuff. You could say, what if I was hiding under the dining room table? What if I wanted to get off cool hip shots? Pew! Right? You can do whatever you want. Cool hip shots? Right here. Pew! Right off the hip like that. <laughs> you want to do quick draw, you could do it. Think about the quick draw safely. competitions. You could do it safely. Safely, it works great. And it's only $89. Again, 10% off if you use the promo code DOC. It's called iTarget Pro. Just go to iTargetPro.com. The letter I, the word target, the word pro.com. You're waking up to the morning blaze with Doc Thompson, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network. It's not offensive if it's true, right? This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Do you remember the uh, mayor of um, uh, San Juan? Of course. The mayor of uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, Carmen Cruz. That's Cousin Carmen, right? Yeah, Cousin Carmen, the nasty woman. Cousin Carmen, um, she was pretty critical of President Trump in his response to Hurricane Maria. Now, Mm -hmm. I guess some things could have been done a little bit better. But all in all, I think he did pretty well. I don't think this is the federal government's job to be involved in uh, in all of these loca- uh, local disasters. Mm-hmm. But since we do have a precedent, we do have FEMA, um, I think he did pretty well. Remember, he changed the law so the boats could come in pretty quickly, yeah. stuff like that. Um, I think the bigger issue is the American people's attitude about mm-hmm. Puerto Rico. Um, second class citizen. It's they, okay. Absolutely. Absolutely second class citizens because people don't realize they mm-hmm. are Americans. Just what it is. Well, I think she was a little unfair. Even giving the track record of President Obama, President George W. Bush, uh, and Hurricane, Hurricane Katrina and mm-hmm. others, <clears throat> Trump did pretty well. But it didn't stop her. Now, she is a rabid Democrat and likely oh. she was critical because it was political for her. Political right? gain. She played the race card. She she played uh, all of those. Mm -hmm. Well, she has now been probed. Oh, whoa. Hello. There we go. And she she wore a nasty shirt. So she wore the nasty. Yeah. She's been probed and cousin Carmen be in some trouble. Oh, what? Yeah. No. A cruise in trouble? Being probed for shady activities. Oh, my gosh. Zach Thompson. That is. This is nothing new. This is. This is like in your family crest, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Shady McShady faces okay. right at the bottom. Yeah. Apparently, the FBI is investigating. Oh, um, wow. FBI? Oh, yeah. This oh. is legit. <laughs> so if I can understand wow. this right, and it's funny because she may not only have done something shady, okay, um, but it may be because of her attitude that 
got the feds on the on her scent anyways. So here's what happened. There's a former procurement director named uh, Yadira Molina. Yadira Molina. Molina. And she filed a lawsuit claiming that she was punished for reporting illegal activities to the local comptroller. Wow. So she's a procurement officer, knew some shady things was going on or believed some, mm-hmm. reported it. She got punished for being a whistleblower, mm. essentially. Now, that's going to get you in trouble a couple of yes. reasons. First of all, there are punishments for whistleblowers, uh, or excuse me, protections for whistleblowers, for whistleblowers yeah. and anyone who punishes them will be in trouble. Yes. So you got that whole issue right mm-hmm. there. But then they're going to start looking, which they did. You don't punish him. No, you <laughs> cut him in on the action. Yes. You pay him off. But hey, here's here's whatever. Okay. And the punishments, if they say no, must be threats. Yes. Off the record. Oh yes. We don't fire him. You go to their nice kid you got there. Yeah. You're you shame say, something happened. You send the tallest man. Exactly. The most shady. Hey, here's some groceries. Oh, nice looking kid. You do what Stormy Daniels claimed was done to her. Yes. No, not that. The threats. Oh. The other thing. The threats. Right. Yeah. So anyways, now the investigation has grown to include several contractors (laughs) and the mayor of San Juan. Mm. Now, Molina has filed a uh, retaliation lawsuit. Good. So it's at least going to cost him that way. Eventually, Molina lost her job. Um, She claims corruption is the normal in San Juan, which it is. Oh, yeah. It really is. Oh, yeah. Um. She said it's um, after uh, months before Hurricane Matrina, uh, Ma- Maria. Maria, her lawsuit um, goes all the way back then. She said there's always been these shady activities with people donating and things that the city needed to get. Now, according to Fox News, the FBI was already investigating a local Puerto Rico official accused of withholding or mishandling FEMA supplies. That's normal. That that was already coming out. Well, and Puerto Rico is used to getting mm-hmm. a lot of FEMA supplies anyways. Yep. It's just bigger when it had the hurricane, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yes, yes. One local official was even accused of packing his car full of critical supplies meant for storm victims, which we had heard that. Remember? Yes. Remember the reports of the cases, uh, the pl- the pallets of, water. of supplies and yeah. water? Well, it, it was when she was crying wolf like, Trump can support us. He's... While she's standing with in thousands, thousands and thousands of supplies right behind her. We got nothing here. Look at this. We got nothing here. Supply. Give them out. Yeah. You got guys sitting behind her eating bags <laughs> of Doritos and then uh, bottles <laughs> of water, water from the pallets behind her. You idiots. It's a, FEMA. <laughs> supplies for people need to be distributed on the side of the box, right? <laughs> Stupid. The complaints uh, that they're hearing uh, mayors of local municipalities, not just her, mm-hmm. um, and other people associated with their offices, so their underlings, and then uh, some of the go-betweens and the people are supposed to hand it out were giving uh, political supporters special treatments and goods. So while they were not handling the stuff out to the people, mm-hmm. they were handling it out to the people that were connected with them, people who gave them money for their campaigns. Or people that work for them. So the people were not getting it. They were handing handing this stuff out as paybacks. Wow. And the mayor of San Juan, Cousin Carmen, caught up in it as well. Here's the thing, Doug. This, everything you said there is that that's like normal. I know it sucks, but it's normal. But I'm here thinking, I was like, who 
pissed off Molina. Because Molina has to be there for a long time. In order to notice all the shady stuff. Like, well, no, the shady stuff. Well, yeah, to be the director, first of all, and then to know where the stuff is. Who pissed her off or who forgot to cut her in? Well, she claims that she was fired for blowing the whistle, but do you think before she blew the whistle there was something? Yes. I think in... Hmm. Before now, she blew the point. whistle, you got a point. Somebody forgot to pay her off, or someone forgot to include her, her on in. something, and she was like, "Ho ho, what's this? I was supposed to get a case of water too." Yep, that's a good point. Now, yes, she could be one of those just good people who believe in doing the right thing. Uh, yeah. Last name Molina. Well, any, Puerto, any Puerto, and I'm going to speak by Puerto Rican here standards. Anybody last name Molina is not doing good. Cruz, they're not doing good down well, no, there. In that situation, you got to understand. Hmm, <laughs> this is wrong. Corruption yes. is wrong. Oh, Government yes. is wrong. Yes. This is how it's. This is how they operate. Yes, they. It's do. wrong. Don't get me wrong, but this is standard operating mm-hmm. procedure. It's uh, it's like a foreign country in many cases. And by the way, there are local municipalities. In the in in the states in the U.S. parts of um, of Louisiana, oh my gosh, Southern Louisiana, standard operating procedure with some of this. Yeah, especially when it comes to you know relief from FEMA, Absolutely. they just throwing stuff. Hey, they, we we need to get them. Which understandably, FEMA, hey, we need to get all this stuff there. But sometimes this is just how they operate on this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not right. I don't agree with it. But you're right. That does make me believe that maybe somebody ticked off Molina or she thought she could use this to become mayor mm-hmm. or governor or something like this is mm-hmm. the stepping stone. But you're right. Somebody ticked her off. Oh, yeah. Or she saw a political advantage or they f- forgot to cut her in. It is possible that she's just a good person that believes in doing the right thing. I would say that's 10 percent chance. And if it was, hey, good for you. Good Molina. for you, Molina. And we need more Molinas in, yes. in, the, in, in the government. But at the same time, makes me think it's Puerto Rico, damn it. And there's nothing good that comes out of Puerto Rico. I am so sorry. Nothing oh, good comes minute, out of Puerto Rico. Wait a minute. What? I like plantains. Food-wise, yes. Oh, good, People, yeah. look at me. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, are you are you really the poster child for it, though? Yes, I am. Do the people, would the people of Puerto Rico yes. go, that's Chris. He's just one of us. He's, He's one a Puerto of us. Rican. Yep. Okay. Well, They'll be maybe. proud. Look at me. Look where I am. <laughs> <laughs> The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The most popular man in America. Okay. Or person in America. Okay. I I have somebody that I think could with just a they may already be there. But the only ex- exception being maybe uh, not everybody knows who this person is. Okay. If I said to you, if everybody knew everybody or all figures or mm-hmm. political figures or entertainers, any any 
any public figure. Who's the most popular? Who's the most likable? Who gets it? And I have somebody that I think could be the most popular and probably could win some elections down the road. Whoa, you submitting this person as a politician already? In today's world, hey, Trump got elected. Yeah, but that was a fluke. We've heard we've heard The Rock is uh, potentially interested. Oh, that, I'm, I will pull the level for him. And The Rock is very likable. Oh, yes, he is. He's like the Ellen. Ellen? Yeah. Like DeGeneres? Yeah. In, very likable. He's a lesbian? He wears no, no, sensible no, shoes? Likeable. He dances? What do you... <laughs> oh, he's a good dancer. Is he? So he, what, he what, some good you mean in that he's likable? Yeah, he's very likable. Here's the funny thing about Ellen. She's incredibly likable. Yes, yeah, she is. I... I like her. I watch her show. Her show is awesome. I don't watch it because it's not good for me. Like, I don't, I'm not as entertained by it, but from a, a broadcaster standpoint, oh, an entertainer, beautiful. I look at it and I go, yeah, I'm not entertained, but it is really well done for what it is. What was it, 13 years now? I think so. I think so. Right. You know, Ellen's problem, if she was just a little less left-wing, a little less uh, outspoken in her views, mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. so left-wing, Ellen could probably run. She could probably still get elected, but I'm just saying to play you know, to the masses a little more, incredible. But I got somebody new. Okay. I want to share that with you in just a minute, but first I got to remind people to sign up for Patriot Mobile if you haven't already done so. Patriot Mobile has an incredible offer that you need to take part in if you haven't done so already. Patriot Mobile, of course, a great company. We've shared with you their story many times. We've had them on the air here because Patriot Mobile gets it. <clears throat> Patriot Mobile was founded because they got tired of people, the big mobile companies sending money to things that they did not support. That's it. That's what it all comes down to. Some guys at Patriot Mobile found out that during the 2010 midterm elections, that this smaller upstart mobile company was funneling all of their profits to left-wing candidates. And they actually influenced some elections. This, they found this information out and said, we got to do something. We've got to combat it by doing the same thing. So they started Patriot Mobile and right off they were like, okay, let's focus on these candidates or whatever. They realized that they could do a lot of good and support uh, other causes as well or organizations like the NRA. So they started the company with the idea that they could challenge big mobile. And it's pretty simple. If we can get even half of conservatives, liberals, 40% of them to switch over to Patriot Mobile. It's done. It's game over. You're going to take down some of those other companies that are doing bad with their money, things that you don't support, supporting progressive candidates, and you're going to get more done. The The net gain is like twofold because you stop sending your money to things that are working against you, which would just be a bonus right now if they didn't get your money. And number two, you're sending it to things and organizations and people that do support the ideas that you do. So sign up for PatriotMobile.com today. PatriotMobile.com slash doc if you do it. You can also call 800-A-PATRIOT. Patriot Mobile. The deal this month, uh, an iPhone 6S for just 6 bucks a month or a Samsung J7, whatever that is, for only $6 a month. 6 bucks a month. So you're saying I'm already at 26 bucks mi- minimum and I could have better service. 
Right. Well, because or the same service as of right now. Right, because they've got uh, unlimited, reliable nationwide coverage and unlimited plans starting at just twenty dollars a month. And I could keep my number. And you keep your number. You and switch. I could get a new phone. New phone, five, ten, maybe fifteen minutes to switch. Set your alarm today. Set a time today at lunch or whatever to switch over. I know you've been thinking about it, and you're like, "Oh, I know, Doc. You tell me, I keep forgetting." Take the time. The coverage is awesome. The customer service is great. It's patriotmobile.com slash doc. Sign up today. So who is it? Who do I think may be the most likable person in America, a good guy that also, if they had political aspirations, could probably be elected to the highest offices? Hmm. Chris Pratt. The actor? Chris Pratt. Yes, the actor. From Guardians of the Galaxy. I've thought this for, I don't know, a couple years now, how he's really likable. You, if you follow him on Twitter, he's, he's all over social media, and he posts a lot. And his stuff is fun and says the right things. But here's the thing about Chris Pratt. While most people that try to gain some success by either being left-wing, because they are, he obviously is not left-wing. No. Others will say, I better just avoid talking about these political issues. He does not avoid them no. altogether. He will comment on things from a libertarian or sometimes conservative position and just does not get the backlash because of how he says it. It doesn't come across as hateful, but rather his opinion, solutions rather than just bitching <laughs> and... He seems like a genuine good guy. I think that's the key. Genuine and real. That right there. Remember, in life, it's all about being genuine. It's all about being honest and real. In dating and in business, in friendship, in relationships, in your job, being honest and real and genuine. That's the key. And if you can fake that... You're in. There you go. That's the key. Chris Pratt won the Generation Award at the MTV uh, Television and Movie Awards last night. Wow. Still have those. He jumps up on stage and speechifies for only a few minutes. Okay. Two to three minutes. Relatively short. Okay. And offers in the middle of his speech Mm -hmm. a direct message to... The Utes, because I guess the generation is given to somebody older. Is that what it is? Probably. Kind of like a lifetime achievement type thing. And he says, I'm going to talk to the Utes now. And he offered Chris Pratt's nine rules for living. Ooh. Are these like Doc Thompson? No, I haven't heard them. Okay. I've got them for you. And it's not long. It's only a couple of minutes. Here we go. Chris Pratt's nine rules for living as told by Chris Pratt. Um, This being the generation award, I'm going to cut to the chase and I'm going to speak to you, the next generation, Okay. I accept the responsibility as your elder, so (laughs) listen up. This is what I call nine rules from Chris Pratt, Generation Award winner. Number one, breathe. If you don't, you'll suffocate. (laughs) Number two, you have a soul. Be careful with it. Number three, don't be a turd. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm going to have to call a uh, flag in the play on that one. Why? Uh, Chris Pratt stole that from me. 
Don't be a jerk. I mean, he said turd. Off air, I will use other phrases. On air, I use jerk. <laughs> Occasionally ass or more graphic. Sometimes there's there's an adjective modifying uh, jerk or ass even. <clears throat> it starts with F, but yeah. <laughs> turd, right? Yeah. It's the same yeah. sentiment. It is. It is. It Chris is. Pratt stealing my material. Okay, I'm putting on my resume. I write for Chris Pratt. That's what I'm putting on it. I'm fine with him stealing it, but I'm writing. I, I, I get resume credit for this now. I'm going to tweet at him. All right, so first one, breathe. Something kind of fun. Okay. Right? Simple, yes. obvious yes. rules for living. If you yes. don't breathe, you're going to die. Number two, you have a soul. Use it. I don't. He didn't say you have soul, like no. I have soul and I'm super bad. Let me get no, down with my funky bad soul. self. You have a soul. Use it. Hmm. Soul is um, uh, religious. Yes. Okay. And kind of a do the right thing thing. And then three, don't be a jerk as a Mm. general. Okay, good. Number three, don't be a turd. Listen to to this. If you're strong, be a protector. And if you're smart, be a humble influencer. Strength and Mm. intelligence can be weapons and do not wield them against the weak. That makes you a bully. Be bigger than that. Number four. Hold on, hold on a second, hold on. Think about Chris Pratt and, and who he's become, his yeah. characters yeah. and what he's playing. Star Lord. Is a mm-hmm. protector. Yeah. I don't mean that just in just the movies, but I mean he's kind of taken his persona as his, yes, his personal brand as well. Be the protector. And that's great. Yeah. Stand up for the little guy. Do the right thing. Yeah. Even back then when he was in Parks and Rec, he was protecting his wife. Then when he got picked up for Jurassic World, he was protecting the dinosaur. Even for the new movie comes out on the 22nd. You could see on the trailers that he's protecting the dinosaurs. Then you see Guardians of the Galaxy. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> okay. Number four. Be a humble influencer. Strength and intelligence can be weapons and do not wield them against the weak. That makes you a bully. Be bigger four. than that. Number four. When giving a dog medicine, put the medicine in a little piece of hamburger, they won't even know they're eating medicine. Another fun one. Number five, doesn't matter what it is, earn it. A good deed, reach out to someone in pain, be of service, it feels good and it's good for your soul. Hold it, hold it. So number five, couple things, earn it, work hard, right? But what is it you're working towards doing for other people? Yeah, reach out. Right, so not just earn it, not just work hard, not just be that person. Work hard for others. And then mentions the word soul again, which comes back to... Number two. Faith. Okay, here we go. Number six, God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. Believe that. Hold it. Hold it. Oh my gosh. I got the goosebumps. And you hear the cheers? These are the Utes out there. Wow. Uh, you're going to want to back that yes. one up. He did not mince words there. No. He didn't play around. He didn't say a higher power or a no. spiritual following or a whatever. He used the G word. He said he's real. And by the way, it wasn't just an in your face. God is real. I'm on no. this stage. I'm going to stick it to you atheists. He also shared a message, the message of God. Listen again. God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. 
believe that. I do. Number seven, if you have to poop at a party, <laughs> but you're embarrassed because you're going to stink up the bathroom, just do what I do, lock the door, sit down, get all the pee out first, okay? <laughs> and then once all the pee's done, poop, flush, boom. You minimize the amount of time that the poop is touching the air, because if you poop first, it takes you longer to pee, and then you're peeing on top of it, stirring it up. The poop particles create a cloud, goes out, and then everyone in the party will know. Okay, derailing it there a bit. <laughs> but hey, that's Chris Pratt. Okay. That's who he is. But takes it back to being silly yes. and ridiculous. You pooped. Right. Just, tr- just trust me, it's science. Number eight. Learn to pray. It's easy, and it's so good for your soul. And finally, number nine. Nobody is perfect. People are going to tell you you're perfect just the way you are. You're not. You are imperfect. You always will be. But there is a powerful force that designed you that way. And if you're willing to accept that, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. And like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, that grace was paid for with somebody else's blood. Do not forget it. Don't take it for granted. God bless you. Please get home safely. Thank you. Uh, Chris Cruz, your comments. That was uh, stunning. Stunning, amazing, and about (laughs) the best thing I've ever heard from uh, uh, an actor at a speech. He was not divisive, even though he offered some pretty strong albeit, sadly, political opinions. God is political as well. <clears throat> he offered those um, in a, at a time when we're incredibly divided. And even though he said it, it was not, it was not an in-your-face. It was not a separate. It was all good. It was a good message about goodness done in a good way. In a nice, unifying way. Of his nine things, several of them were silly. At least three I counted, right? Hamburger, how to go to the bathroom at a party, these type of things, right? Breathe. Those were comic relief in order to tell the other ones, in order to get the other ones out. Of the others. So if you just get rid of those the, of the nine, you throw three out right away. A third, boom, comedy really. Boop, done. You got yep. six left. Of those six, five of them either outright or secondarily mention faith. You have a soul. I mean, there it is, right? What else does that mean? You know? What does that mean? You have a soul, meaning you have a conscience. Do the right thing. And by the way, your soul comes from who? Okay, so uh, five, even the earn it and work hard. Mention be humble and then reference soul again. Number six, outright. God is real and he loves you and he wants good things for you. Number eight, learn to pray. To who? Government? No. Who are you praying to? He already mentioned God. 
And even in the end, you're not perfect. What was that message? Are you perfect? No. God's perfect. You're not. By the way, it's okay you're not perfect. Be humble. Try to be better. Try to do better. That's the message of Christianity. That's what's lost on the left. When I say God, when I say do the right thing, I'm not saying I always do the right thing. I don't. And Christians, if you're doing it right, it's not a holier than thou. Well, I go to church and she doesn't. And look at that person. You know, that person's having an affair and they did this. We're so full of it on social media. We're outraged and we're better than everybody else. As part of our outrage, we want to tell you how we're better than everybody. You know why I'm outraged? I'm outraged because you dot, dot, dot. Even people that are political don't judge me because you dot, dot, dot. And she dot, dot, dot. Facebook is filled with that for people that aren't even political. You're not perfect. And the message of Christianity is you're not. God is. Worship God. God loves you. He wants good things for you. But not being perfect is not an excuse to not be perfect. It's a bar. It's a goal. You're going to fall short of it. But you must try every time to be it. Admit when you're not. Chris Pratt. And even some little shout outs. You're not perfect. Uh, It brings you, when you realize this, you will have grace. Remember, I think months ago in the air, I said, we have no grace in this world. No, we don't. We're not grateful. Mm -mm. We're not humble. We're not gracious. You will have grace because you will realize the blessings you have. Some of them were paid for by blood from people who paid for it with their blood. Oh, and a shout out to the military and people who have sacrificed. (laughs) He started off before all of this. He mentioned that. His family was incredibly poor growing up. He said we didn't have a literally his words were we don't have a, we didn't have a pot to piss in. Mm-hmm. He said, but we loved each other and we tried and we did our best. And he said, I love my family. My family's great. He gave a shout out to his son who will watch this in the future. <laughs> and he offers that up. This is what a role model looks and like. And has gotten no uh over the top backlash from mm-hmm. it. Do you hear the kids cheer yeah. at God? Yes. Yes. So one more message about this. One more thought I have. All of this other stuff about safe spaces and kids being pissed off, millennials and and, uh, Gen Z not getting it. We know Gen Z and millennials support uh, gun rights and ownership greater than some other generations like Gen X when they were their age. You hear them supporting it. You hear all of this. In other words... All of these stories from uh, media types and politicians of how the younger generations are changing things and marching because they get it and they hate and they've learned and they know all of this. It's crap. It's a lie. It's a pageant. We've been misled. Mm -hmm. They get it. You know why they get it? Because there is a part in all of us, that soul Chris Pratt was talking about, that conscience, where no matter how they try to spin it, how much fake news is out there, you know in your heart of hearts the truth. It's just a matter of listening to it. The Morning Blaze. We're kind of like the real news, except honest and factual. Huh. What a concept. 
The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, only on the Blaze Radio Network. stealing my material but it's okay it's it's for the greater good greater good it's a greater good uh i'm i i i don't know he only got to one don't be a a, a, a jerk. turd uh you're a turd as Actually, he put i like it. turd better and he probably didn't realize there's four other ones i'm gonna go ahead and send those out you to send him them i think i should maybe mm. i'll tweet them out later and people can reach now it. has the committee heard Pratt's nine rules. Is there any rules that we, you know, that, that, that we the want to that want to? Wait, the add? guy need to. He doesn't need that writing for me. I'm writing for him. I don't know. He, you I, think I need to I convene he, the executive committee? You do. Maybe, Is there a proposal on the table for one in particular? Uh yes. <clears throat> All right. Well, number, we'll we yeah. have to hear that and convene the committee. It's a long process, but no, maybe we fine. start that's the ball fine. rolling. Brickhouse Nutrition's Dawn to Dusk is a great product that we've told you about for years, and it works. And they said, we want you guys to try Field of Greens now. It works as well, and it's awesome. Opportunity for you to consume vegetables. Uh, for whatever the reason, you're not now. You don't like them. They're difficult to clean. It's cumbersome. You can't get them without stuff uh, that in them that you, uh, you don't want on them because of certain diets. Throw all that out the window. Field of Greens allows you to consume them, get these nutritional vegetables in a new form that's easy and simple. It's basically powdered vegetables, not an extract or certain nutrients taken out of them that you always wonder, is that legit? It's actual vegetables. No, it's actual vegetables. Powdered form, you put it in uh, some sort of liquid, mix it, eight ounces or so. I mean, if you want a little less and you want a little thicker, so be it. You want to thin it out a little bit more, so be it. Mm -hmm. If you need to hide it from your kids or... It's called Hulk Juice. Hulk Juice, that's our little tip I did not yet. I okay. did not yet. I'm going to, though. I told my wife, she's like, oh, wow, that's pretty clever. <laughs> and she goes, and I told her you did it. She goes, Chris is pretty clever. And I was like, is it Chris who came up with it? But of course, she didn't hear that part. It's just, you're a genius. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Field of Greens at BrickHouseDoc.com. It's probiotic. It's prebiotics, we've told you. It's antioxidants. It's all those veg- all those minerals um, and vitamins that come in the vegetables in powdered form. It's Field of Greens, BrickHouseDoc.com. It's BrickHouseDoc.com. Uh, you got a lot of people loving the Chris Pratt. You got the Never Heard with Mojo 5.1 saying, I might be straight, but I think I just fell in love with Chris Pratt. He is. And if you think about it, Chris Pat was a C actor on Parks and Red, shoe shining guy. And I always was wondering how in the world did the shoe shining actor got to be where he is today. Do you know how few celebrities and actors I actually want to meet? I, you know, the ones I usually want to meet are the are the jerks or <laughs> or freaks because I want to form my own opinion yeah, about yeah. them. Most of them just like, oh, they'd see, yeah, they'd be cool to have a beer with or something. Yeah. Sure, that wouldn't be bad, or I'll meet them. But man, Chris is somebody like I'm even sucked in. Like, like I think Chris is my friend. Yes, <laughs> right? no, out of the whole nine things, I think right now Chris is my best friend. Don't you feel like? You, yes, like I feel like, like if I met him, Chris would be like we're be- BFF. Yes, a hundred percent. He is in the zone. Oh. He's learned to fake it. He's yes. good. <laughs> is that it? No, he's true. You think it's true? He's true. Please don't screw this up, Chris. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network.
you're enjoying what you're hearing, congratulations, you have a sense of humor. This is the Morning Blaze. Okay, I'm going over my tweet right now. I'm preparing it. Preparing it? Just to make sure it's the right tweet. For what? What are you tweeting? I'm tweeting at Chris Pratt. For what? That I write for him. <laughs> now that I write for him, he's got to find the other. <laughs> he doesn't know the other four rules. Okay. Okay, so okay. I did. Wow. At Chris Pratt had an awesome speech at MTV's awards. I'm happy he agrees with my rule number one. Perhaps he should share my other four. <laughs> Such a jerk. You always end up making it about you. If it's not about you, it's about you in Ohio. It's not about you in Ohio. It's about you and your mother being a factory manager. It's somehow, it all has to end up with Doc Thompson. This is why you're not successful. <clears throat> what was rule number one? Uh, uh, what was the, the humble one? Uh, l- l- number l- two. I think it was number two. Uh, look at this. Uh, what's rule number two? Keep the talent happy again. Keep the talent happy again. Keep the talent happy. Oh my goodness! I listen. I didn't make the rules. These are the rules. The executive committee ruled. Keep the talent happy. That's the reason you say I made it about me. I didn't make it about me. It must be about me. <laughs> I'm the talent in this situation. And once again, it, it must be about me. Why, Chris Pratt? Is so successful. So there it is. So I tweeted out. Maybe he learns the other rules. You know. And by the way, what you're offended by this? <laughs> I'm not offended by that. It's not offensive if it's true. I'm not offended. That's rule four. I, I'm just saying that, you know, maybe. Stop rule three. Come clean. Not offensive. <laughs> okay. I'm, what? I'm just saying. You got major rule violations here. Really? You're all geeked up about Chris Pratt uh, when I have offered are, powerful rules. You being a turd right <clears throat> now. Let's just move on. <laughs> really? Let's just move on. Let's just get it out. Obviously, you're not going to see the light. Chris Pratt will. I'm confident. That's the reason I tweeted out. And I put a copy of the other four rules. A screen grab. (laughs) What? What? I actually think you're also in violation of your own rules. I don't think so. Number five. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. You don't think I should have? No. Of course He's I should. Trying to steal his thunder. I'm already writing for him. This is going to help him. There it is him. again. What? There it is again. What are you talking about? Rule three, Doc. Rule three. Are you doing this to get some publicity out of it? What do you mean? You're going to have to clarify. Oh, you. You always. Do <laughs> I'm going to need a what? I'm willing to come clean. Are you using this to <clears throat> maybe you know get Chris Pratt on the couch and you know become Whoa, best on the friends. couch? Well, yeah, the red couch. Oh, yeah. Exclusively, no. He's such. A- I'm not doing it exclusively what for else? that reason. What else you got in there? What else is in the bag? Because I like Chris. Do you? I think he's a good guy. Did you know he started in Parks and Rec? I did. You know his name was Andy? And I think this will help the world. Help the world or help Doc Thompson's world? I said not exclusively. There are <laughs> there are other reasons. It's not just one reason. I'm shocked that you would think so uh, little of me to think that I would only have one reason for doing something. There are many. You know what? There are many goods that can come from this. Okay. Like, okay, people could see these rules and be like, wow, those are powerful rules from Doc Thompson. Okay. Chris Pratt could see him and go, wow, four more real cool, cool rules. Let me share these today and take my star to the next level because okay. Doc Thompson's a hell of a writer, you know. And then, hey, Doc Thompson benefits a little bit. And my kids get to eat, and your kid does well. We all do well. Many good things can come out of this, Chris. So I can write this? Oh, you can write it, sure. Absolutely. Chris Pratt, I, Doc I, Thompson. Can I get a retweet? Yeah, can I get a what, what? Uh, what, was Actually, DeBlaze even retweeted it, so you know what? Okay, good. We're good to go. <laughs> We're in. All right, speaking of turds, if you have trouble with... Uh, 
a big turd in your carpet. Things around there, which happens because people have sent us those pictures too. Listen, I don't need the pictures of the oh, no, soiled material. No, I'll take no. your word for it. Uh, you want to send us the after picture? But that, yes, you know, we'll take the after. Yes. All right. Uh, Genesis 950 can help you out. It's a cool product that uh, will clean multi-surfaces in your house, and it works. That's the bottom line. We get testimonial after testimonial from people. And if you're curious about it, just go to Genesis950.com. You don't write it out. Just mm-hmm. do the letters, the numeric letter, uh, the, num- the numeric characters. Mm-hmm. Genesis950.com. Uh, excellent cleaner, but be careful where you store it. Once I received this, I added some in the spray bottle. I put the gallon bottle in my laundry sink. It was a good thing because it was cracked, and it was funny. It just started cleaning everything. <laughs> so you can see. So, the- <laughs> so as the cleaner is leaking. Oh, wow. Everything that was. <laughs> so it's like the lava. It just kind of wipes everything clean. It was and it's clean lava. And you can see it. <laughs> wow, so that's just, a hell of a cleaner. That is a hell of a cleaner. So her sink has little clean, clean streaks. marks. I think our work here is done with the commercial. I think so, too. What else do you need? Genesis950.com. <laughs> entrepreneurial spirit is to dream and to do we are building america brian joining us from sidebelts.com hey brian how are you hey i'm doing well how about yourself uh, we're doing real well today. Uh, happy to have you on board. Uh, we get a lot of people that um, will uh, email us at uh, buildingamerica at theblaze.com and say, hey, can I be on the program? Uh, but we actually stumbled across you. I think it was me a couple of months ago mm-hmm. that saw your, your belt and thought it was really cool and said, Chris, we ought to talk to him about the tech. Explain the adjustable belt. Yeah, so uh, what we sell, uh, Slide Belts, we're a ratchet belt company located in Northern California, and what we sell is a ratchet belt. So you have your traditional hole in belts uh, that only give you about five to seven uh, size options, adjustment options. With the Slide Belt, you get 32 um, quarter-inch adjustments. This just means that you have a lot more flexibility. Uh, the ability to adjust your belt uh, is open. So we, you know, we're tired. Our founder, Brig, was tired of the traditional hole in belts. Uh, he thought this could be solved much easier. Uh, so he started to develop his own buckles. And now we have our own patented buckle system. And we offer the widest range of leather and non-leather straps. That's really cool. So he says there's a better way and develops this. So the belt buckle doesn't have a piece that fits through a hole in the leather or part of the belt, whatever the material. It actually just grabs it. So you don't even have really holes in the belt part. No, just like it sounds, it has a ratchet strip about eight inches long on the underside of the leather and this engages with the buckle uh, and makes an audible clicking sound Uh, this just like it sounds ratchets in and you can either just pull on the leather push on the leather uh, and you could click in a couple more um, adjustments a couple more quarter inch adjustments to tighten it up or to loosen it up a little bit Okay, what are you laughing at? What are you mocking me for? You do not know how to. Let me give because actually, I I got your uh, tactical one. No, I'm sorry, not a tactical. The um, 
The survival, the survival one? one? Yeah, I got the survival yeah. belt. And it comes with a knife, a knife. Like buried in the buckle buried so you buckle. can open it up. Then you also have a little flashlight. Oh, that is cool. And then you have um, to start a fire. Oh, a little flint so you yeah. can do it. Yeah, so you got, you know, so there's all this. It's pretty cool. And that's, now, a, that's a relatively small buckle for all very, that. Very, very small. And then one thing is that Doc Thompson does not know how to close it. You have to unlatch it, then push in the oh, safety. Oh, I see. So then I was doing you, both, but I was were, doing them separately. Yes, you were doing separately. Is that a little bottle opener or something too on the, uh, on the other side of the it knife? Is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. So he starts the company uh, with this new tech and then just developed other uh, uh, buckles and stuff to go with it, other designs? Yeah, yeah. So basically what happened is I'll give you the whole story. In 2004, our founder and CEO, Brig, uh, was teaching in Moldova, received a military-style belt. And he really liked it. It had no holes. Mm. Uh, it was very simple, but it was anything but stylish. Uh, so his idea was, I could do this. I could do this better, and I can make it more stylish for the everyday person. So uh, a couple of years later, he gets out of college, starts slide belts out of his parents' garage, uh, and then he uses a patented, a public patented buckle, which the rest of the slide belt or ratchet belt companies are still using. Um, he decided that that wasn't good enough. So he developed his own style of buckle. And now the buckles that you guys have in that survival belt. And then I also sent you a, a full grain leather belt. Mm -hmm. Those are the patented system. Uh, mm. So that's basically what sets us apart from these other ratchet belt companies is our patented design of the buckle and our strap options, the variety of strap options we offer. That's that's really cool. And I love the story. Like uh, so many, we had an idea, started out in a garage or something and slowly built it up. Um, I've uh, noticed that you got, your company does some uh, some things differently too. I was at the website. I'm going from memory from a couple of months ago. Um, but you have, um, do I remember right that the employees will answer blog posts and questions about things? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, actually, um, that's mostly my job. And then uh, a bunch of our uh, in-house guest service agents, as well as we have a few remote guest service agents that are still located in California. Uh, they're just in Southern California. But all of us are employees. We've been to the warehouse. We've had our hands physically on these products. And we're the ones answering the emails, the social media questions, anything. Uh, that's a genuine person behind the keyboard. So is that, um, is you guys are really focused on customer service then? Is that what that's about? I, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we wanted real people. Uh, we, we, of course, have return policies like a 45-day return policy and a one-year limited warranty. But um, above everything else, we take each issue on a case-by-case -case basis. So if you're outside your one-year warranty, but your buckle broke, uh, I'd say reach out to us. We're going to replace that for you because we genuinely stand behind our product. And it's not a, it's not a numbers game. We won't say, oh, you're outside the warranty. Uh, we'll say, we're sorry that happened. Let us help you Let out. Is that, is that generally the culture of your company too, you guys? Uh, I mean, yeah. it, it really seems that that's the attitude, not just uh, customer service, but not just in directly dealing with the customers, but wanting to put out a good product and have a good overall experience. 
Yeah, yeah. So definitely, first and foremost, we want, uh, like I said, a product that we can stand behind, that we're proud to give you. Um, but above that, uh, Brig, our founder, uh, he really, really wants this company culture uh, to kind of come through. And with that, um, we've we've won countless awards, such as Outside Magazine's Best Places to Work twice. Uh, we've been featured in Fortune Magazine's uh, Best Small Workplaces. Uh, we've won the Inc. 5000 Fastest Growing Company twice. Um, it it's there's a huge focus on company culture on making a genuinely good product and not, you know, breaking the backs of the employees to do that. We have a lot of liberties at work. That's really cool. That's, that's the culture that so many companies say they want and, um, can't get sometimes because they're unwilling to do this, the things that are necessary. It comes down to hiring the right people and being able to truly trust people and give them the freedom. And that's a little scary for people. And some companies don't really want that. (laughs) They just say they want it. But if you can get it, you become one of those brands and companies that people will walk through the desert to get your product and support and become evangelists for. Yeah, that's and and that's the idea is we we want that to come through and in that you're noticing it. It sounds like it's working. Yeah, it did. I noticed it within a, just a couple of minutes at the website. I was like, wow, I can see they're doing it real, uh, doing things really well. Okay, anything new on the horizon for you guys, or just uh, keep on developing your products? Any new products, or um, are you still yeah. working? Yeah, of course, we are always diversifying our revenue streams. Uh, so we are coming out with new products around the corner, um, not just new designs of the belt. Uh, but actually new products and things like that. So stay tuned in the next month or two, we'll be making an announcement about oh. that. But um, that's, that's one of our, that's one of our values is to always keep improving. Uh, that's why we didn't stick with that publicly used patented buckle. Mm. That's why we developed our own buckle. So yeah, we, we continue to just make the best products that, that we personally would be happy to buy. And the website is slidebelts.com? That's it. Just slidebelts.com. Slidebelts.com. Brian, I appreciate you uh, telling the story today. And what we'll do is we'll tweet out a link to it so people can check out slidebelts.com and uh, all the wonderful products. Uh, please uh, keep us posted in the future if you have anything. And we're happy to help you out if we can, okay? Oh, no, of course. Uh, thank you guys for reaching out to us, offering this awesome opportunity and having me on your show. So all thank right, buddy. you. Thanks so much. Slidebelts.com. Real cool stuff. And this is just one of the ones that I stumbled upon months ago and was like, that's uh, pretty neat. Um, And I like to, like I said, the company culture, you could tell right off. And I even went through, I was, I was curious because of what we do, how politics plays into everything. And this was a couple of months ago. So we were pretty close to the Parkland, uh, Florida massacre. Okay. And I think people had even commented something, some of these um, customer support reps or something, but not in a very political way. It was more of a generalized, hey, this is serious, you know, be good to people type of thing. And I was like, that's cool. I, I don't care what your politics are if ultimately you're doing right and I'm not funding something nutty you're doing or you're not going to send that money to someplace that... Uh, is going to work against me somehow. So I was cool with that. And I like the companies that get that whole brand thing. We've talked about those companies. When we read 
uh, friction and tribal leadership last year. This was a constant message. That's what that's what I want to be a part of. These are the types of companies I want to work with and support because they get it. Those really libertarian values for your employees within the office and the company culture, you're empowered to do right. You're empowered to make decisions. Here are your wide parameters to make sure the customer's happy. Here's your wide parameters to, you know, anything beyond that, ask somebody, it's cool. You know, we, we don't have to have cameras on you all the time. Do the right thing. And this is a stupid thing for companies. If somebody isn't doing the right thing, you don't think you're gonna, it's going to get back to you. Of course. You don't think you're going to know who it is. Of course. But it's the, I have that uber control, control. freak leftist mentality, or I have that libertarian, conservative, trust people to do the right thing, treat them well. Mm-hmm. Really solid. Slidebelts.com, pretty cool. All right, let's get some tweets in with the hashtag, what I learned today. Bacon hashtag pickle whatever. tweeting out what I learned today. I have two slide belts, and I wear them every single day. Greatest system ever. Awesome. That's yeah, I cool. just love the ratchet system. That's what first caught my eye in that it was a new system that they developed where it, it clings to the belt and it ratchets it so you don't have to worry about those you know, six holes and whether or not you actually make it in one of those six holes, right? Yeah, Cincy Broncos saying, Doc Thompson is trying to become head speechwriter if Chris Pratt runs for POTUS. I had to be head speech writer. Just writer? Yeah. Okay. I mean, as long as my name's on it. Wow. What? What? This isn't about Doc Thompson. This is about Chris Cruz. This is about, what's your name in there? Kirk Jones. Mordecai. Kirk Jones. Oh, yeah, Kirk Jones. Yeah. Kirk Mordecai. Jones. Yeah. It's Sorry, about Kirk Jones. Yeah. Not about Mordecai because no. he's a jerk. But the rest of you guys, <laughs> I do well, you do well. So I'm really thinking of you guys. I think you understand that. Uh, TJ Topping saying, my mother-in-law is a Pratt. I wonder if there's any relation. Go down that rabbit hole, baby. Is is there a relation? Yes, there is. Even if there's not, yes, there is. Ride that thing. Um, I'd be finding some sort of and doctor ups one of those uh, heritage. Yep. What are the ancestry dot com things? Yeah. I mean, look at this. I am only twice removed from Chris Pratt. <laughs> hey, cousin Chris, what up? Uh, Disco Bobby, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Uh, I like Chris Pratt a lot. I think Doc Thompson needs to see if he's interested as a co-host. I'm sorry. Those days are long gone. Chris Pratt is not turning him back. It sounds like you're being a little territorial there. No, I'm not being territorial. I'm like, do you think, do you think from Star Lord, he's going to come here and sit next to if you? If he did, I welcome it. I, I honestly will move back and I welcome him sitting right here. Are you kidding me right now? I'll let the audience decide. Okay. At Doc Thompson Show at Real Chris Cruz. Wax RX. Try WaxRx today. Go to usewaxrx.com. Three-stage system to clean the earwax out of your ear safely, effective. Can you cut it? Those Do out? not worry. Nobody's going to listen. Are you I ready? Know, I'm really embarrassed. Yes, I, I could tell. Can you just cut it I right will out? cut all this off. Post-production. Post I don't want anyone to hear no, this. No, nobody's going to hear this. Okay, good deal. Three, two, one. You can remove the earwax safely, effectively, and efficiently with usewaxrx.com. All you have to do is take the first step. That's put the drops in your ear. It softens the earwax up. Second step, flush it all out with that specially designed pump. Third step, go ahead and rinse it out with that pH balance rinse, which which leaves your ear soft and supple. By the way, Bowie said she hates the word supple, too. She hates supple? She hates moist and supple. And she goes, Brad uses it all the time with use wax RX. (laughs) And he's right. He does use soft and supple. And now I've used moist with it too. Because your ears will be moist for a while. Go to (laughs) usewaxrx.com.
Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. That is it, ladies and gentlemen, the end of the morning plays. But before he goes, always, let's find out what we learned today. We learned Chris isn't the only cruise from Puerto Rico that's shady. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? We learned my resume now includes the entry personal writer for Chris Pratt. It better not, Doc. You know that's I a just lot. I added it during the break. <laughs> I added, added that right in there. Oh, wow. It's, you know, do we know definitively he didn't get it from me? Okay, I'll give you that. And that's it. It's a bit of a gray area, Chris, and I'm running in that gray area. <laughs> we learned apparently Dick Cheney has his own line of mints, and he, Samuel L. Jackson knows all about him. Who would have thunk it? I know, right? We learned that I cannot condone shooting someone in the sack for stealing an air conditioner. But? I understand it. <laughs> Dang, do I understand it. Chris mm. Cruz, what, if anything, did you learn today? TMB had life rules before it was cool. That's right. Right. Uh, Chris Pratt showed the world how to be a role model. He really did. God bless him. Yeah. That's it. All right. Uh, Kurt Jones, spinning the dials radio style at Mercury Studios, Dallas, Texas. What, if anything, did you learn today? What I learned today, Doc Thompson has a new man crush, and his name is Chris Pratt. Uh, man crush makes it sound like um, it's just one guy who likes another guy. Uh, it may be sexual. Uh, oh, it may yeah. be just a oh, crush. Okay, yeah. It okay. may actually be there. No. On it's now. right there. It's huh. real close. Teetering on the line. There. What if anything did the listeners learn? See, I took it even farther there. <laughs> Double down, baby. What if anything did the listeners do learn today? JR15 says, my kids call earth water poop water. I tell them best poop water that I ever drank. It's not real good marketing. It's not good marketing, <laughs> but at least you're drinking it. So uh, yeah. there you go. Kool-Aid drinker saying, screw 100 years from now. For God's sake, could you get my seven-day forecast right, please? <laughs> I know, right? I'll take a two-day forecast, Thank right? Thank you. Uh, you got TJ Topping saying, can we still call Bill Knight an engineer? What in the engineering has he ever done other than social media engineering? That's good. That's good. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Love the blah, blah, blah. First rule of immigration club, <laughs> secure the border. Uh-huh. Second rule of immigration club. Secure Secure the border! border. It's the easiest one. It's number one. (laughs) Hey, I did not get to the new numbers Uh, on procrastination. Chris Pratt threw you off. He really did. Uh, I'll just do them tomorrow. Okay. And I'm sure Chris is tuning in for us. Yes, yes. What else else will we do tomorrow? Chef Patrick. Oh, good deal. What's Glenn have coming up? He's talking to the executive director of the Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. What's Glenn wearing today? Pratt Pratt 2020. Oh, nice. He is in love with the Pratt Pratt. Remember, the morning blaze is today. A Chris Cruz production. Six up for Tyrannus. Good night, Steve Cannon. Wherever you are. Anya, now, you go home. You left me hanging there. Sorry, I did. You I left me hanging. Every day you, did, you, did, you get it right like one out of ten days. All right, Chris. One out of Chris Pratt, he'd get it right. Really? He would do okay. it. Okay. This is the morning blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.